You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hold one, Andre! Don't tell me! And welcome to Hit the Books Review WrestleMania 36, Part 1, Part 2, Night 1, Night 2. I'm your host, Ryan Nicing. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mikey Manfredi. Mikey, we're getting straight into it. The discourse is all over Twitter, and from the minimum talking about the show we've had with each other, you know, because we we like to go in blind with each other's thoughts. For the most part, with the minimum talking we had, it already feels like, Mikey, we are going to have quite the discussion and quite the varying viewpoints on most if not all of the matches on this god dang card okay let's get so let's just get right into it should we get right into it all right well first off mikey uh well uh how well one how you doing my dude good we gotta I just check finished, in i just finished a quick rewatch of part one uh considering the first night it was on i wasn't really like paying attention paying attention mm-hmm uh, I was kind of doing other things, and I had it on like over there. Like you, like you see my TV, like on the Skype, on the Google Hangouts, so you can see my TV over there. <laughs> Literally, with, you with have the WrestleMania, the WWE Network still on. Yeah, <laughs> Network still on. Uh, that's where it was, and I was doing stuff on my laptop, so I would like I had it on the background. And I would occasionally glance. Uh, so I wa- I just rewatched it this morning, uh, so I could actually get like a good, solid watch of it for a review. And I, it was it was fine. Uh, like I said, we have we're gonna have our uh, our talk. In our discussion. Based on Twitter as well, it definitely, I was sort of saying this beforehand, this definitely feels like um, one of, if not the most controversial WrestleManias uh, in a very long time. Like, mm-hmm. just the, obviously, we can't go about saying that, uh, obviously, with the pandemic that's happening, it was definitely a weird WrestleMania having no audience there wrestling with no audience will never not be weird no i i think it's impossible and i think there are certain matches that did their best to uh work around that issue where there are some in my opinion that didn't necessarily meet the task mm-hmm. um but i and i think that's you know there, there's many reasons to that and we'll get into all those sort of things but it definitely based on like twitter alone it's like it, this is we are in untreaded waters and the internet is all over the place and what they liked, what they didn't like. And it's mean, very interesting. I, I yeah. wish there was a way to like, like obviously this was like a pay-per-view. It wasn't like TV ratings or anything. So there's no mm-hmm. real way for us to track like how, what if, if like the, if like, you know, the ratings of the, the Boneyard match were good enough, you know, compared to like another thing. WWE network servers. Yeah. <laughs> Which we are working thought we are working towards. <laughs> Um, but I'm very interested because it's, you know, just the... Stay tuned for Hit the Books on WWE Network. It also, it definitely, oh my god, it definitely feels like also that, like, it's like Rotten Tomatoes versus, like, fan people. Like, like uh, it's like if you took the Rotten Tomatoes scores of, like, critics versus just, like, fan scores, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, of, like, movies and stuff. 
and I'm, that's what I think is happening to this WrestleMania, where it's like the yeah. critics maybe hate a lot of it, and the fans love a lot of it, or you know, vice versa or whatever. Anyways, that all nonsense of the way. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 36 obviously did not take place in Tampa, Florida, which was very upsetting. But Mikey, I, I forgot to tell you this before we started. Apparently, there's a there's a rumor going around that uh, not 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 next year's WrestleMania, uh, which is taking place in Hollywood. Um, but the following year, uh, Tampa is back, obviously putting their name back in the hat of host city for WrestleMania 38, I guess it would be, which would be exciting. Um, but uh, it did not take place in Tampa, Florida, of course, through, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And instead, it was pre-taped down at the WWE Forum Center in Orlando, Florida. Um, you know, when it was pre-taped, you know, late March or so, who the hell knows? Um, bunch of rumors about everything that was pre-taped then. Apparently, there's rumors of multiple match finishes and you know cards being over the place and people getting dropped out because of what was happening. Um, it was a very weird thing. But alas, uh, WWE has aired their WrestleMania and it is presented in two nights because it's not it's too big for one night, baby. It's just too big for one night. The first WrestleMania ever. That's too big for one night. That's the only thing that's different about it. Nothing else. Can we just talk about that? 100% if, like, the buy rate or the views or whatever, according to WDB, were really good on both nights, you're telling me they're not going to continue doing a two-night WrestleMania? <laughs> like, I know. They're, they're... I, I honestly, honestly, I don't hate it. If they decide to keep doing WrestleMania, even, even if all the fans are back, even if it's live, if they make WrestleMania a weekend event, I'm in. I like it a lot. I, pr- I much prefer two three-hour shows to one six-hour show. Well, what, what was it? It was like uh, counting the kickoff, the pre-show. It was 6 to 10.30, I believe, both nights. So what, that's four and a half hours? Math? I think so. Um, yeah, no, I kind of like I, I like it. You know, obviously, coming off the heels of Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom, which was a two-night event, I, I sort of like this one as well. Um Wrestle Kingdom, I think, did a better job of, like, getting you more excited for Night 2 because they were doing something with the whole double gold dash, both titles on the line, the IC and the world title. You know, that, and that was obviously something that was like, oh, you go to bed and you're like, oh, this match is now happening, that sort of thing. Um, but I, you know, there's, if WB sees the numbers and they're like, oh, we could probably do this again and make a buttload of cash, um... <laughs> maybe make more money than some other countries would provide us. Um, you know, maybe it could do it. Maybe, who knows? Um, I don't know. What am I, an expert? What am I, WrestleNomics? <laughs> no, I am I'm, I'm Ryan IC, and I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> like, I'm all <laughs> I of it. got nothing. I got nothing. Anyway, speaking of nothing, uh, let's start off <laughs> with uh, WrestleMania 36. I got zero transitions. Mikey, let's get into it. Night one. Uh, the kickoff match here being Cesaro defeating Drew Gulak in a singles match in four minutes and 25 seconds. Mikey, what are your thoughts on this match? Um, this match was good. It was fine. Uh, like, they, they, these two put on a solid show. And, I, I mean, I knew these two were going to. It's Drew Gulak and Cesaro. How could Jen not? Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. I think it was a solid, you know, technical mash. Ma- mash. Uh, mash of styles, uh, match of styles or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought f- really quick match. I was sort of disappointed because I wanted this match to go longer. 
Um, it could have, you know, turned into something cool. But lest we forget, I think the biggest thing that came out of this match is the fact that, um, you know, these two Chikara guys, of course, um, uh, partly being trained by Mac Quackenbush, and Cesaro has finally used a move in WWE that was he was allegedly not allowed to use, invented by Mac Quackenbush and Cesaro. It was the way Cesaro defeated Drew Gulak, and that, of course, was with the UFO, that spinning airplane spin that Cesaro lets go of and just spins the guy on his basically his neck, his back. Ooh. And those are the only places, his neck and his back. Nowhere else, nowhere <laughs> else does he do any spinning. My cat is right currently attacking my computer. Give me one second. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mikey, any other thoughts on this match as I deal with my cat? Um, not like, like like I said, it was just solid, good wrestling. Like, how could these two like, like how how could we have gotten a bad match out of these two? I don't think we could have. They're just two solid workers who put on a solid match. Yeah, I gave this match three and a quarter. I I think that was higher than most people, but I really liked this match. I really wish this again. I really wish this match was longer, but I gave it mm-hmm. three and a quarter. I was originally going to do just three, but then I gave it an extra quarter for that UFO. Yeah. I, I gave it, I gave this one a solid three meatballs, just decent. Yeah, sorry, I said stars. I meant meatballs. Uh, uh, you can I'll, use whatever rating system you want, friend. I'm, I'm using meatballs because that's what I use on Mikey's Indy Five Hundred. Oh no, he's he's plugging again. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, well let's keep let's keep the ball rolling. Uh, next, because we have a shit ton of matches. What we have eighteen matches to get through. Jesus Christ. Way I think that's the most ever. Well, I guess we have two nights to fill out. Anyways. Tag match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. It was in fact Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, who were who defeated Oscar and Kyrie Sane, the Kabuki Warriors, to earn the Women's Tag Team Championships in 15 minutes and five seconds. Mikey, thoughts on this match? Uh, this match was fine. I liked it a lot. The like, uh, it was a, it was definitely, it was solid. Like that's all I can really say about it. It was solid. Yeah, it, the trend of feel like of night one uh, for a little bit, we're like, Man, these are these are pretty solid it, matches. It, the night one, the night one was just like, this wasn't bad. Yeah, I I I thought this match was f- solid again. Um, mm. uh, it, I I wasn't like bad or it was in, definitely in the middle of the road. I gave it two and a half meatballs. Um, yeah, I was definitely middle of the road on this match. There were just points in this match where I was like. This was the match, I think, that really reminded me about the empty arena and the lack of fans in the, in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are several moments in this match where Bliss, Cross, Asuka, and Kairi Sane were all sort of just like kind of playing to the crowd that didn't exist. We're doing moves towards the crowd or whatever. Um, yeah. There was that one moment which really killed me in like a negative sense. It was Nikki Cross you know, unzipping her jacket, I guess. Uh, and just like screaming like, yeah, come on. And then like, there's like a slight pause of silence because no one's cheering. And then Michael Cole's just like, well, teach their own. <laughs> and they yeah, like, I was like, oh my God. Michael Cole undersold it so much. It, it hurt it. I know that, that really, it really hurt that moment for me. But then, uh, you know, they, after the match, of course, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, did Cross get the pin, Mikey? No, Bliss did. Bliss did. Bliss. Uh, cro- cross hit her neck breaker. Then Bliss got the twisted Bliss. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, they they were they were chatting that uh, JBL was really trying to put over Nikki Cross in the ending of this match. Um, he was. Uh, he he was say, he was like bringing up like this is her moment. That this is going to be a star out of Nikki Cross's her career defining win, and it's just, it was like a big thing. Yeah, well, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but it was definitely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying that's what was yeah. being said. Oh no, I yeah I understand. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel about. I don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 and I, I think it was that response that JBL had that I believe I made the tweet out that was just like, I don't, it's hard to have a WrestleMania moment this year when the event itself is a huge moment. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Just the fact that this event is happening and this, how this event is happening is like that. It, it's going to be really hard to overshadow that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't. And I, and I, this is the point I realized in the show. I was like, it's this might be middle of the road, okay at best for me. Um, and granted, this was one match, two matches in, so who the hell knows? Uh, Mikey, any more thoughts on this tag match? Um, not really. <laughs> it was it was good. Uh, it went on. It it was a it was longer than I thought it was going to go on, honestly. Oh my god, 15 minutes. I was like, whoa, oh my, we couldn't slap a a couple more minutes to Cesaro and Gulak? But I don't know. I guess it's it's good. You know, we we gave the women a a bunch more time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I saw a thing that that said that, like, this WrestleMania had five women's matches. Last year, I think, had three, which included the main event, and then, like, two the year before that or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy to see that, like, you know, one of the benefits of this WrestleMania was the fact that there were two nights. There were so many matches so that you can have more people on the card, especially in... I mean, obviously, a lot of these people were probably just going to be on Battle Royal or whatever. Another another great reason why WrestleMania should be two nights. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think some of these people were probably going to be on Battle Royal. Obviously, Cesaro, Gulak, Morgan, Natalia, which we'll get to. Um and obviously that didn't those battle royals didn't happen but it's nice cuz like the the fact that like these were two nights and the fact that we couldn't have a butt ton of people in the ring wrestling allowed for like more single matches to happen which i think was very fun and interesting uh to do at a wrestlemania yeah i agree let's keep moving along to the singles match which was exactly 9 minutes elias defeating king corbin elias winning with a roll up but grabbing the tights in the process mikey uh, I thought this match was it was weird. Uh, it was really weird, and I wasn't really on board with it. Uh, you know, I I just it's King Corbin, my man. It it's just like he's a good guy that can grab heat. But King Corbin's also started playing towards the crowd in his beginning promo, and then Elias came out, just like he just came out and he wrestled, and the match was like okay, like it wasn't great. I didn't really Elias like it. Ne- Elias needs a theme song. If there's gonna be no fans, you gotta give Elias a theme song. Well, he had a theme song. It was no, just he so didn't. Cool. Oh, he 100 percent had a theme song. You all, no, I, he didn't. He went. He, you. It went. It was the guitar strum, and then he walked out to nothing. I thought I heard. I thought I heard like a background of like Elias singing. Maybe that was him winning the match afterwards. But I swear I'm he. Pretty has sure. A theme song. I'm pretty sure he he I, the guitar strum hit and then he walked out to nothing, which is dumb, especially um, in an empty arena. Yeah. Um, I had a theory that this match was probably not going to happen, and none of this was the plan for WrestleMania. Um, 
I mean, obviously, right before... There's definitely some matches that got squeezed in there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of concerned because, remember, Jeff Hardy made a return. I think he had a match against King Corbin. I wonder if this match was originally maybe supposed to have Jeff Hardy in some capacity. Probably, right? And, and no, Jeff Hardy coming off an injury, maybe they were in, concerned. Or Jeff was concerned himself. Um, you know, you would, you, you would think a healthy Jeff Hardy would probably be at WrestleMania. But alas, no. Um, and Elias instead was in the match. And I had the theory, Mikey, that I wonder if um, I, I, I'm i not happy about it, my theory. But I was looking at Elias's colors um, of what he was wearing. And I could not help to think that the colors that Elias was wearing during this match was very similar to a famous color set of another wrestler, another uh I was going to say two-time Hall of Famer, but bo- one time he got kicked out, and the other time is technically hasn't happened yet. Um, he's <laughs> planned to be inducted. Um, I could not help to think that if this match took place at WrestleMania, that we might have gotten a Hulk Hogan run-in a slash NWO run-in to stop King Corbin for the big pop. Mikey, you think so? I Elias was wearing red and yellow, my dude. I see red and yellow, and I'm like, that's Hogan, baby. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. What are your th- thoughts? Thoughts on this match? Thoughts on that theory? Uh, this, ma- uh, this match was fine. It was uh, a match. Yeah. It was, was not spectacular, was not god-awful. Mm-hmm. It was... Eh. Mm-hmm. Do you think this match would have been better or worse of Hulk Hogan being involved? <laughs> Absolutely worse. Anytime that man is on my screen, it's immediately worse. Now, what about NWO? <laughs> I My statement stands. <laughs> Uh, well, but X-Pac, dude, X-Pac. <laughs> oh, man. But but remember all those members? I wonder if I can have a list of at all all NWO oh, members. I was like, when, when NWO was big, I, I was either not born yet or, like, too young to care. Oh, definitely not born yet. No, definitely too young to care. I, I take that back. Let's see. Let's see who was in. Like I have zero for NWO. I have zero nostalgia. <laughs> wow. Ted DiBiase, the Giant, X Pac, NWO, Sting. Who the hell is Vincent? <laughs> who the hell? I don't even remember Vincent. It says it's, Miss. It's Vincent. Also, and then there's and then there's one that's named McMahon. Also, and then they, it says Miss Powers defined. According to this, Miss Elizabeth was in NWO way before Randy Macho Man Randy Savage, which I think is very funny to me. Incredible. Um, maybe she was a valet for someone else. Maybe for Vincent. Um, anyway, man, are we showing our youth, <laughs> showing our lack of history knowledge about anyway, the NWO and their shit ton of members? Yeah, the match was fine. I gave it one in a one in three fourths meatballs. Um, I gave it to people. It was, it, was, it was fine. It was like it wasn't awful. Nope. You know, it you know it wasn't awful. Corbin was doing his heel shtick. It, it just and Elias wrestled. It, it wasn't terrible. It was a. It was just bored. I was bored. It was like all right. And I think that's the problem with maybe a lot of WrestleMania. And I, it's really hard. And I I keep saying this, folks, but it's really hard to separate the fact that there was no crowd from everything. But this yeah. match didn't in no way feel like a WrestleMania match. This felt like I would watch this on SmackDown or Raw or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, which is yeah, you know, which is why I think Hulk Hogan was supposed to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
let's get into a media converse meteor conversation than hulk hogan uh, the Raw Women's Championship, which which was defended by Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler, Becky retained her title with a roll up during the was it the not Fujiwara, um, the Kirafuda Clutch. Kirafuda Clutch. Thank you that Shayna Baszler had eight minutes and thirty seconds. Mikey, talk to me about this match. Okay, please. I know you have a lot of topic, a lot of discussion okay. about this. So, I think. The match itself wasn't bad. I thought the match itself wasn't bad. They put on a good... They, these two put on a good show. These two kicked the crap out of each other. The ending was bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the match itself that was bad. It was the ending that was bad. Becky winning with another roll-up was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was not into it. But now, this either brings me to think that the Shayna Baszler storyline is not done and they're going to get the big blow-off match when there's fans again? Or who the fuck beats Becky? Like, if, if this isn't a continuation of the Shayna feud, who beats Becky now? Literally nobody. Becky has steamrolled the entire roster. If if Shayna couldn't do it, who's going to do it? I mean, those are all great points, Mikey. I mean, I... <laughs> This match, we sort of texted each other about it. It's just the fact that Roll, Becky Lynch wins the Raw Women's Championship one two year or a, a year apart from each other by both defeating two MMA people with a roll up. Um, isn't great. Uh, like you said, I think also think the match itself was fine, but the fact that a roll up is what did it both times, I don't. It protects the MMA person, but I don't think it makes Becky look uh, it, it look good in capacity. I think Becky looks lucky. Yeah, I don't. They're, they're like they're like Becky Lynch has just bested Shayna Baszler. It's like no, 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 no. Becky got got a lucky one, two, three. Like Be- Becky didn't do didn't Becky didn't like tap out Shayna Baszler or put put Shayna Baszler down for the one, two, three. And it was like, I mean, she did, but you know what I mean. You no, know, but th- there was discussion online about how this was the same similar finish to the Kyrie Sane Sheena Baszler NXT NXT title match, where Kyrie Sane Kyrie Sane same sort of situation was in the chokehold, got the roll up pin, Sheena Baszler held the hold for whatever the hell, and Kyrie Sane pinned her one two three. But and a lot of people are like, oh, it's the same thing, and everyone liked that finish. And it's like, no, the difference was. For me personally, is one I th- believe that match was way longer. I would have to, and it, you know, it, it felt way different. But also, it's the fact that Kyrie Sane sold the clutch after the match. Like after yeah. after the match, like if you see it, I believe Shayna Baszler gets right back up, like sits up and be like, "What?" But Kyrie Sane's like essentially like down on the floor, just be like, "Oh my god," because mm-hmm. she was getting. Because in theory, she's getting choked out while she's pinning Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Um, whereas in this finish, Becky Lynch gets chokes out, does the pinfall. Shayna still has the hold in, and then, and then Becky Lynch just sort of gets up and starts celebrating. And that's another. That's another thing I didn't like. Not even not Becky Lynch celebrating, but Shayna Baszler's la- just like she's like, oh, I lost. All right, and then just leaves. Yeah, like I would have liked, I, like I don't know, a Baszler beatdown on Becky or something. Mm-hmm. Like, get, like, why isn't Shayna more pissed off? Like, ugh. 
Uh, yes, it was Kyrie Sane defeated Shane Baszler at Brooklyn 4, 13 minutes and 37 seconds. A whole five minutes longer than this match was. Also, uh, I you know I, I have no idea, and maybe it's my eyes playing tricks on me, but it looked like there is a weird... I don't know if it was a weird camera edit or an actual edit, but just that last thing, the, mo- the moment right before... The moment that, that Shayna Baszler has Becky in the chokehold, it felt like there was a weird cut to Becky rolling up Shayna, mm-hmm. uh, which made me consider, I was like, oh, was this one of the alternate endings that they decided to go with, Becky retaining the title? I don't know. That's just conspiracy theory. Maybe, uh, maybe that deserves a rewatch. So you're thinking they could have possibly filmed both endings? There's rumors of them filming a butt-ton of alternate endings to a butt-ton of matches. Um I would not be surprised. I, I would not be surprised if they b- filmed both and then decided later if, like, should we do Becky, should we do Shayna? Um, I, you know, talk about the ending. I Beck should have should Becky have won? Who's next for Becky? I don't think Becky should have won. I don't. I, think I agree. She, I, honestly, I think Shayna should have won. Um, I don't know. I, that's all. I, I don't know what I was going to continue with. That's all I was going to say. I think Shayna should have won. Becky. Becky needed to lose. Becky needed to lose here. Shayna Baszler needed to win here. And maybe Shayna's going to Raw. Maybe the story's going to continue. Maybe Shayna's going back down to NXT because we know that we can do now Shayna Flair. Um, but also, who the hell? Like, what? why not do Shayna? Like, it makes Becky look good, but I'm, my fear is that, like, you can't have your champion look too good. If there's if your champion has Which to Becky lose, is right now. Yeah, Becky looks Becky looks unbeatable right now, and yes. it's like, who who takes her down now? Like like who's gonna come up and be like, all right, Becky, I'm gonna challenge you and win, and have people be like, yeah, you know what? They got a fighting chance. Yeah, the the believability of her unbeatableness is weirdly in question, especially when the character of Sheena Baszler goes into the elimination chamber and eliminates all five people by herself. Yeah, it's like Shayna was looking like a monster, and I don't understand why. Why Becky losing wouldn't make her still look good? Because then if she wins back the title, then she looks even better than she does now. You know, if she mm-hmm. loses, she goes through the loss, and then she wins it back, and it's like, yeah, Becky did it. She got over that Shayna Baszler hurdle. Plus, we get fresh matchups. I mean, you know, we have potentially a draft coming up. I guess I don't know. Um, and there's and obviously Raw is building up people. The obvious person I'm thinking is Liv Morgan. Um, so who the hell knows? But you know, and and there's also more people. It looks like Bianca Belair is now moving up to Raw as well. So that was cool. Yeah. So there's a bunch of excite. There's there are already a couple new people that are up for grabs now. But it's just sort of like Shayna should have won, and then you could have continued. If you want to continue the story, Shayna should have won. If they want to end the story and send Shayna back down, I don't know. We also have to keep in mind, folks, that Shayna Baszler is 37 years old? 39, sorry, what? She's 39 years old. Most wrestlers, you know, they're starting to slow down around that 40 mark. Uh, And she's also coming off of an MMA career, so I imagine she's not feeling too hot. But you know she's she's reaching forty. She's not. She doesn't have many years left in her career, probably. 
which is sad, but which is know, why I which is another which is just another reason to give her the win at this point. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what they're obviously we have no idea what their plans are, but I don't know what they're thinking. I think Shayna needed to win. And I agree. I I don't see why Becky needed to. I don't know. I I this this is the moment where it's like the crowd potentially is going to sour on Becky, uh, and that is the concern moving forward for me. Uh, but I did give this match three meatballs, like we all said. Because we all know Becky's going to come on Raw tonight and brag about it and be like, I'm the man. Nobody can take me down. But, like, then we need more challengers. Who do you, who would you want, Mikey? Obviously, if you were booking this, or who you would want to go after Becky next? I literally have no idea. Because yeah. everybody, everybody I think of, I'm like, no, nah, Becky either beat them or, like, it it doesn't feel realistic. Where the what is the possibility that the reason Shayna Baszler lost is because Ronda Rousey is returning? I mean, we know again. We know we know Becky can beat Ronda. It's happened before, and if Ronda comes back for the title again, it'd just be like, oh, we've seen this story before. Would you want to see Ronda? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see. I know. Ronda. I, no, I don't. I, I think that could be a big because because I'm in the I'm in the camp of we've seen this story before and last time it was not good. Yeah, I I think well I would be interested to see a Ronda Becky storyline that has no Charlotte Flair involved. Yeah, that was Charlotte, Charlotte Flair being shoehorned in was was not the greatest. Was rough, yeah. But the fact that you have you know I know and and then you you know you could always have Shayna join Ronda that sort of thing. I would prefer not to have Ronda back. I don't necessarily think we need Ronda. I think we're building up stars without Ronda or building up credible people. I maybe shouldn't say stars anymore. It's really hard to qualify stars that you have yeah. on WWE anymore. We're building up credible people already with Liv Morgan. Uh, a potential matchup with Bianca Belair would be great. You know, she is the EST. So would that be the EST mm. of R-A-W? Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> um, so there's possibilities galore. Um, but never yet. Let's continue on. Nine minutes and 20 seconds for the Intercontinental Championship. It was the result of Sami Zayn getting the pinfall over Daniel Bryan. Hoi. Uh, eh. <laughs> That's a hoi. I don't, I don't get this match. It was Daniel Bryan beating the crap out of Sami Zayn all match, and then Sami Zayn hitting, like, one move and winning. Yeah. Not into it. Not into it. Not into this. This is the point where I was really souring uh, on this wrestling. Don't you miss when Sami Zayn was cool? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I really miss Sami Zayn. I still just miss good Oh, Sami did we Zayn. give our uh, meatball ratings to the last match? Uh, I said it was three. Oh, I'm with, uh, I'm with you there. Okay. Because uh, like I said, the match itself was fine. The, the ending and was sour. away from it, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is an incredible Twitter thread uh, on Twitter. I, I can't find it, so I, I can't shout the person out properly. But there was an incredible Twitter thread that went through um, each one of Sami Zayn's signature moves. You know, the diving through the ring post DDT, the blue thunder oh, bomb. My favorite one. The, the fucking, the fucking diving con- tornado DDT. The tope con hilo. Mm-hmm. Um, all these moves basically said uh when the last time Sami Zayn has used it and basically saying that Sami Zayn doesn't have any moves left all he does is just slapping punching 
kicking, and then like the haluva kick, and like that's it. That's all the moves he has. He doesn't have any of this flashy stuff anymore. Um, and this match was prevalent. This match is obviously was Daniel Bryan beating down Sami Zayn over and over again for several minutes. Uh, welcome Cat onto the laptop. Oh man, he is just plopping down. Oh man, Cat. Okay. Anyways, continuing on, forging ahead. Um, yeah, it, it was not. It was not anything I was particularly fond of. I want you and I. You and I are fans of Sami Zayn, or at least the former Sami Zayn. Um, and this match to me has never been more prevalent that. This man is a shell of the former Sami Zayn, and maybe I need to give up on that because it does not appear that he is coming back anytime soon. Nah, he needs something to really... He needs something big to bring him back, and I don't think this is it. No, I I like the idea of him working with Daniel Bryan, but then I also think that the reason I did not like this match as much is because I think I... Why... Like we we see how much in I think this match showed how much of like a cow of a coward Sami Zayn's character has become, and it's like why do Nakamura and Cesaro listen to this guy? Like like why are they still protecting him if he's just gonna be a bitch all, like all match and run away from Daniel Bryan and never like why how does he have people to back him up ever? Yeah, I'm not confused. I'm confused by the the reasoning behind the artist collective. Just besides that, they're called the artist collective, and they can do that. Um, yeah, I, I I was gonna say was that like this match has never been more prevalent to me that like why I need to forget the Sami Zayn of old and just sort of I don't want to say embrace but acknowledge at least acknowledge this new Sami Zayn and be like this is just who he is. He's just a sh- chicken shit heel. That's all he mm-hmm. is. You know, he's nothing more. We're not going to get you know five star matches out of this guy anymore. He doesn't. I don't know if it's the guy Sami Zayn or the character Sami Zayn, but this guy does not seem to care, you know, about it about what's happening. He's just going out there cutting promos and doing stuff. It, based on his Twitter, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he cares. Uh, he's got bigger things fish to fry, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. happening what's in the world and stuff. But it, you know. It, Hope the best for Sami Zayn. I should is winning the right call for me. No, but also Dana Bryan should. I don't know. This match was weird, and this is not my expectations. But maybe it's my fault for having high expectations. Uh, I don't know. I give this match two meatballs out of five. Yeah, uh, loading it back up because I logged out of my Grapple app. Uh, I gave this ba 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 two and a quarter meatballs out of five yeah i like i said like it's just sort of like it was fine i I don't remember any spots i should say i i do need to give we need i i want to make sure i'm being critical i remember one singular spot because it scared me which was it was when daniel bryan did a suicide dive to Sami Zayn and overshot it a little bit and it looks like he like like broke his neck when he faced he like face planted into the barricade just any brian move moving forward is going to scare me it's just like come on brian don't don't dive don't dive don't dive um sammy the this was what i did like about this match mikey was the Mm -hmm. fact that this was to me the first match of the night that really utilized the idea that there was no audience this really utilized the idea of a, um, you know, there was no crowd in attendance. 
Um, the Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler had the in- instance of that where they started off the match with these those big, big, not not thunderous, but big meaty punches to each other, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it got to the IC title match, this match, I'm realizing I'm, I'm realizing that my taste in how an empty arena match should work, Mikey, is constant action or constant talking or something and by talking i don't mean commentary i mean talking by the wrestlers themselves Mm. um and this match utilized that i think there was you know good maybe some hard-hitting stuff from dana bryan but then there was constant talking and Sami Zayn being such a chicken shit heel that he's begging for mercy from dana bryan and immediately punches him back um you you love to see it you love to see it Sami Zayn. Uh, except for me, I gave it two and a quarter. So eat my butt. <laughs> uh, my cat is right. taken to attack me now at this desk. I, do, I see that. Yeah, he's he's attacking me. Oh, I am playing a fistwaz, so maybe I should stop that. Moving along, Mikey, we have the triple threat ladder match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. That right? That's right. Tag Team Championships with individual superstar John Morrison retaining against Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston. I didn't hate this. No, me neither. I didn't, I, didn't hate, I didn't hate the fact that it was a tag team belt being defended in a triple threat match. Uh, especially with John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, and Jimmy Uso, because, like, obviously it's going to be a great ladder match with these three. Like, no like no way it's going to be bad. Uh, they absolutely beat the crap out of each other. And the, I thought the ending was definitely a creative take on normal ladder match endings. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought this was a solid uh, ladder match. Um, to me, personally, honestly, Mikey, match of the night. Match really? of the night. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. Uh, eat my butt all the rest of this card, but uh, I, I'm going to say this was my personal match of the night, and the reason I like this match a lot is uh, I thought it was obviously, you know, the, the, I keep saying it again, but, you know, it's weird having a ladder match of no crowd because there were pops <laughs> that were set up for the crowd, obviously. But there was awesome it, it, spots. Having any match with no crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep thinking. I don't know. I kind of like the ladder match. I, I think the ladder match was also good without a crowd because every time those ladders hit, it felt crazier because they were loud. That's true. There were some great spots too. John Morrison's, of course, a rope walk across the Spanish fly. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the best one I've seen. A lot of people are saying that that was the best thing that they've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, you guys haven't seen Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> you haven't seen Phoenix on Lucha Underground, baby. Because he does that night and day, <laughs> and when he transitions, train John Morrison well. Yeah, uh, when uh, when when uh, Ray Phoenix, whether it be AEW, whether it be Lucha, whether it be any independent show, he rope walks it. Does a fluid uh, Spanish fly. John Morrison did the rope walk, did a weird transition, then did the Spanish fly. And I was like, mm-hmm. Nah, you guys got to see a better one. I've seen better. It was awesome, but I've seen better, Morrison. I know you can do better, boy. I, yeah, this match was good. I liked this match a lot, and I, I was really into it. Of course, these three guys put on a great show. Of course, this ladder match was awesome. Of course, John Morrison was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and speaking of speaking of boy Mikey, I have to shout out Jimmy Uso being like, <laughs> just being to Kofi, being like, "I flatten your face like a pancake, boy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the I I like the I like the talk. I like the the ring talk between. Uh, the Uso and Kingston. I thought that was that was cool, because especially the one where Kofi kicked the crap out of him right right after he said, "I know you got hard, Uso," and he just kicks the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. That He's was like, crazy. "But I gotta win. This is about the yeah, titles." That was really 
really, really good. He's like, I gotta um, win. You could tell that these two had a lot of respect for each other, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, I I, I really like it. I I think, and this again, what I'm talking about is like, if you're gonna do empty arena matches, you need up on the trash talk to each other. Which you they know, definitely did in this match. I like, like for example, I feel like a Young Bucks match is going to be crazy, empty arena style because they they talk all the time. They talk all the time, and it's like just put them in an empty arena; they're going to utilize that space. My favorite is when they just go goodbye, goodbye. You're dead. Um, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, no, I, this is great. I thought personally, this is my match of the night. It wasn't. It wasn't a blow away great match for me. It wasn't my match of the weekend. But for part one, night one, this was my personal match of the night, Mikey. I think I gave this three and a quarter. Let me double check that. Three and a half. Three and a half stars is what I gave yeah, it. Yeah, I also gave this one three and a half, uh, three and a half meatballs. Um, it was good. It was a really, really good showing. Really, really good match. Um, it was, like I said, I, I personally wasn't a huge fan. I would say meta to good on the first five matches. It wasn't until this point where I was like, "Okay, now we're getting, now we're getting somewhere WrestleMania." Mm-hmm. I was getting to it. Uh, speaking of getting to it, let's move on to the Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins in what was a match that ended with a ring bell to the head from Seth Rollins to Kevin Owens, but then restarted or recontinued into a no disqualification match. Mikey, as a fan of Kevin Owens, what do you have to say about your? What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. I like this match a lot. Actually, I was really into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought these two beat the crap out of each other. They both up the trash talk as much as they can. They, you could tell that these two definitely hated each other, and wanted to beat the absolute crap out of each other. And then when Kevin Owens called out and he was like, "All right, fine, you wanted it that way. No DQ, bring it back." And Rollins was like, "All right, fine, fucking, you got it. We'll beat the crap. We'll beat the shit out of each other. We could do this." And then that's exactly what they did. Uh, Owens with the giant jumping off the sign spot was awesome, uh, and then bringing up bring bringing Rollins back in the ring for that stunner and the one two three was great. I, and I really like this match. Yeah, I thought it was a great match. That that killer spot, that jumping off. I remember joking about it with Shane McMahon. I feel like we so everyone on the internet joked about it with Shane McMahon about jumping off the WrestleMania sign, and then Kevin Owens actually did it, and yeah. like there it is, the joke's over. Kevin Owens has legit jumped off the WrestleMania sign. Did you see the? Did you, somebody tweeted at Kevin Owens? I don't really know who, but they uh, tweeted a, a picture from I think Buccaneer Stadium, and it was of the pirate ship. Oh yeah, yeah. They were like, Kevin, you should jump off this, and he was like, "Listen, I actually took pictures to plan out this spot, and I really wanted to." He's like, <laughs> like that, "He's like that was the plan. <laughs> the plan yeah, was me jumping off the spot. He to jump off of it so bad." <laughs> he was like, "Listen, I was I was planning it." <laughs> I love I love the mindset of a wrestler walking into a, a you know, a, was it a baseball stadium or something? I don't remember. Football stadium? Like, I could jump off that. He's like, this is a huge pirate ship. I could jump off of that. I, that's easy. That's not that high. He tweeted out the pictures he was taking to try to get the angle. He's like, where can I jump off of it from? Yeah, it was just like, he just if he just walked off the gangplank and was just like, see ya! <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, like, it's so, like, it's so sick that that's how they're, I think that's insane how their brain works. They just see, like, a big thing and they're like, how can I jump off it? How, how can I do that? Uh, you gotta, you gotta appreciate that, folks. Uh, and that was great. I love that so much. Uh, I thought that was great. 
Um, yeah, I, I this was a great match. Um, it was a little weird um, to me. I, I thought, you know, again, they utilized this, the trash-talking dynamic, especially of Rollins. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of when a match, like, happens and then they restart the match in a way. I'm, like, sort of just like, well, then why not just do a no-disqualification match from the jump? Um, I don't know. This time I kind of this time I kind of liked it because it wasn't it was like supposed to be a one on one match and then Rollins took the coward way out and Owens and Owens I think there I think it was a reason for it this time. Yes, that's which so is I true. Think I was I was much more into it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, that's very much true. For me personally, this was my match of the night. Oh, big Mikey boy with the match of the night. Of course, the Kevin Owens match is my match of the night. Just, just being stereotypical, Mikey. But and of it, night one, it was my favorite. And this is good. Uh, Seth Rollins has, since the heel turn, been feuding of Kevin Owens. So this is now the final, like, this is presumably the end of Owens-Rollins, uh, which I'm interested to see. Where does Owens go from here? Where does Rollins, with the whole, you know, Murphy disciple faction, well, obviously we have AOP gone. Maybe Rollins needs two more members, two more disciples. Um, I, I really liked, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know where they both go. Like, it's really weird uh it's it's like does, does Rollins like how does Rollins take this loss I guess to Owens after after being like when the lights shine brightest Owens I'm a god and I then could, losing that's true I could easily see a, a another blow off match to get Rollins' heat back but I think he can just easily also move to someone else. But you're right. I like he lost when he was saying that I'm a wrestling god at WrestleMania. Like when the I, that was that was my favorite line of the whole thing. Oh yeah. Like right before the suicide dive, and Rollins just just yelled, "When the lights shine brightest, I'm a god." I was like, "Hell yeah!" Seth Rollins is great. He's a great guy, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I you know, again, I feel like we have a draft around the corner. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they easily should and can. Yeah, know, I they... mean they. Had, I mean they. They had the draft when they moved to Fox, so like maybe. But yeah, but if you have if if you're in the middle of a pandemic and you need two TV shows, you can easily sure. do that TV show with no wrestlers at all. And you're right. You're that right. Is a week's worth of content right out the bag. You're absolutely correct. So I, that's why I feel like a draft is maybe necessary because why not do it? I mean. <laughs> allegedly they filmed up to Monday, uh, which is the, the time of recording tonight. So I don't know what they're going to do. I, I mean, they have NXT filmed. Imagine that. Day. Imagine being the wrestlers and filming WrestleMania and then immediately filming Monday Night Raw. True. And also, I feel like how you need wild. to... I also, how, how wild of an experience must that have been? I feel like you also should do a draft because that gives you a week's worth of content that you don't need wrestlers for. You can really just do like backs, like, you know, you know, green screen conference room area. And we find out the results or whatever, right. You don't need really wrestlers or matches for those shows. Yeah. Um, uh, and what that can do is that buys you a week's worth of time to find a location and film a bunch of matches for more Rawls and Smackdowns. Yeah. So maybe that's all the more reason why they should consider doing a draft if they're not. Um, mm-hmm. But let's move on to the next match. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated Goldberg to finally win the Universal Championship, the one title that has been out of his grasp for centuries uh, in a in a match that took two minutes and ten seconds. Four spears and four running splashes? What was it? What's his power slam? Running power. 
Four running power slams later, Braun Strowman wins. Mikey, thoughts on this match? I know I, I got a text message from you um, about this match immediately following it, I believe. Um, do you want to read out that text message? Did I text you after this match? Yes, you did. Uh, you te- I'll say it. You texted me uh, in all caps, fuck Goldberg. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, ah, I see. <laughs> I see how Mikey's true allegiances lie. I forgot I did that. Yeah, immediately after this match, I just texted Ryan, "Fuck Goldberg," and I was and I saw that. So I I missed this match originally, and I had to go handle something in my house. Um, I'm so sorry. I actually actually that wasn't really a spoiler. I guess it was a spoiler. I when I you texted me that I thought Goldberg retained, and that's like why that you texted me. And Braun, like, for me, that was like like yeah, fuck you, Goldberg. But I guess it could have been taken as fuck Goldberg, like. Yeah, you're, there's more. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a Mike, a classic Mikey being like, "Ah, oh, fuck this guy for winning. I've got to see more five more years of Goldberg." No, job. like, yeah, fuck Goldberg. You're like, yeah. I love that. The king is dead. The king, the king is dead. Mikey, the anarchist at large. I love you. Love to see it, folks. Uh, Mikey, I, obviously, it's not an easy match to talk about or rate because it's two minutes yeah, long, or whatever. But on the Goldberg scale of Goldberg's short matches that are like this, of all the Goldberg matches you have seen, what were your thoughts compared to those? Because I've been, because when I when I rate when I rate exactly fucking same when I rate Goldberg matches, I don't rate them like I would rate squash matches. It squash matches they are their own separate Goldberg scale, <laughs> where it's like, oh, well, this is a great Goldberg match. Well, this is a bad Goldberg match. All of them. I hate when they build up big Goldberg. I hate when they just do all this builds for great Goldberg matches. Then it's just like a finisher sprint for three minutes, and it's just so stupid. It's it's not entertaining. It's not cool. I don't want to watch it. This match, this match could have been Goldberg just handing Braun Strowman the Universal Title and walking away and being like, "Here you go," and I would have liked it more. Like it was, it's boring. It sucks. Like why do we do this kind of thing? It's so not entertaining in the least like i don't want to see a finisher fest like i don't care yeah i sort of talked about it before but maybe we should brush up on our wcw you later but who cares about a finisher fest i mean dude that we talked about this before that is what goldberg is that is what goldberg has always been there is moments i remember in wcw where goldberg did a 10 minute match or 15 minute match or whatever and it was bad and it was a bad match because goldberg can't actually wrestle Weird. You Who would have guessed? You seem upset about the fact that a a this a huge star uh, can't wrestle. This huge gigantic star. They're like, oh, it's the unbeatable Goldberg. Who's gonna beat Goldberg? It's like he can't wrestle, and he's fifty fucking years old. He 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 walks he walks the WrestleMania ramp. And he gets tired. Luckily, this there was no good thing. There was no big ramp this time, or else this would have been worse somehow. <laughs> if this was like a real WrestleMania stage goal, we would have probably gotten off spear out of him, and oh then he would have been like exhausted. Uh yeah, I think for Goldberg, for personally, I was sort of disappointed in this match. I don't think it was the best. I, I mean, to be fair, this match was originally supposed to be Roman Reigns, so who knows what that match could have been? And they basically had to change it. So replace four power slams with four Superman punches and a spear. 
We don't know that. We don't know that was the direct direct change. No. You absolutely fucking know that. Uh, oh, jeez. It was just going to be spear versus spear. So it was going to be, ah, uh, Goldberg spears Roman a bunch of times. Roman kicks out every time. Ah, uh, Superman punch. Ah, uh, another Superman punch. Oh, he spears him. One, two, three. Roman's the universal champion. Oh, my God. <laughs> and literally no one's just shocked. Mikey, how do you feel about Braun Strowman winning the Universal Championship finally? I don't hate it. You don't hate it? Oh, now this is the point where I'm going to definitely fight on. Talk to me. Why don't you hate... Why, what do you like about Braun Strowman winning? Uh, I... I like Braun as a competitor. I like Braun as a wrestler. I like... I, I, I like when Braun was a monster. I think that him having this title might bring back that like monster persona and not this stupid comedy person like what the heck is Braun Strowman mm-hmm. weird thing we had right like we had I think that we're I think we might go back to a more serious Braun Strowman now that he has the title and I'm very excited to see that because I like Braun Strowman when he's serious but as a person Braun Strowman can suck a dick <laughs> <laughs> wow no, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like Braun Strowman as a person, uh, according to Twitter. He's done a lot of shitty stuff on Twitter. Don't like it. Uh, Braun Strowman as a wrestler. Uh, I've talked about it several times. Braun Strowman as a character is dead. Uh, this is not the Braun Strowman of yesteryear when he was feuding of Roman Reigns. This is We've gone through years of comedy Braun Strowman, which I'm not a fan of, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could go without that. Um, and honestly... I- It'll be good for him. I think it'll put it back in a more serious in a more serious light. That's the hope. The hope is that obviously the maybe the idea, of course, was eventually do a Braun Strowman Roman Reigns feud if Roman Reigns won the Universal Championship. You know, and now well, they now, could do it now, they, the other way. Yeah, and Roman after the title, which Vince, which Vince McMahon fucking cannot get enough of. Yes. Uh, well, I I disagree with that. I think Roman should go for the Universal Championship. I think he should have won it today. Uh, he's gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna hate my raw booking. <laughs> gonna win. Oh, I guess I, I was gonna say you're gonna hate my raw booking, and then I remember that uh, in that Roman is currently my the, the WWE Championship in my universe. Uh, yeah, baby, Roman reigns for life. The big down. If Roman was in this match, he absolutely would have won the match. I no ifs ands or buts about it. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do think Roman should have won the WWE Championship. I would have been okay with Roman because I personally think there's been enough time with Roman separated from the titles uh, to go do something else. He Brock is on a different brand, so we're separated from Brock. And, and so that allows Roman to have matches with Braun Strowman, which we got to remember that Braun Strowman and Roman were the feud of the year at one point, really, for WWE. And then until Brock Lesnar ruined it. Yeah, until Brock ruined it. But that's another point entirely. But I think if you have them on separate brands, then you can do Roman Braun, which would have got Braun back into it, Roman back into it, hopefully. And then you can move on and do other feuds and stuff. You have Roman uh, Daniel Bryan you could do. Uh, You have Roman Sheamus you could do. Uh, You have Roman... um, I'm trying to think of other heels on SmackDown. Um, Nakamura, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, maybe that's something. Uh, you could do Roman King Corbin, which I would easily see, but I don't want to see that. 
Uh, <laughs> not one bit. I don't want to see that at all. And then, of course, mm-hmm. if you have the draft, you can keep them separated because they're both the world champions. Um, that's what I. That's I, I think it would have the potential to be good, uh, and I just hope they stay separated if they do a draft. Um, well, let's get to this part that Mikey really wanted to get to, and that, of course, was the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles, a 19-minute um, uh, straight-to-DVD movie uh, that starred... Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and a bunch of non-penis druids. It's not the Dark Order. Did you see that Evil Uno actually tweeted that out? He's like, "That's not us." He's like, "Hey, hey, hey that's not me. That's, that's, not, that's not me. That's not me. I don't know. I don't know who those guys are." I thought that was really funny. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of the Boneyard match? This is I, well, I liked it a lot. One of the more controversial moments of this WrestleMania that we sort of talked about. I liked it a lot. I was really into it. I was thoroughly, thoroughly sports entertained by it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I think it made Undertaker look like a badass. I I missed Undertaker looking like... I used to think Undertaker was the biggest, like most powerful, dynamic force in the industry. And then for a while, it was just like, oh, another Undertaker match. Oh, another Undertaker match. Like, it, just started, it just started becoming a snooze fest because you just start like... I, like he started losing it in the ring, and that's that's. I mean, it's, it's expected. He's getting old. Like it's understandable. Like I don't expect him to be going forty-five minute matches anymore. Like, it's, like it's, I get it. Which is why I think this was really good for him because it was a in his it, it was a in his element. So it like brought back like the classic like yeah, this is Undertaker. All right, like a graveyard, burying people, druids in this mat. This rules. Like this is un- this, this, he rolled them. He rode the motorcycle in. It was like hell yeah, dude. American badass. Hell yeah, he's back, man. This is Undertaker. I'm like, I'm like, I, and then he he like the moment where he was in the the grave and he showed up behind. He like magically appeared behind AJ. Like that was sick. It brought me back to like when he used to like do the lightning strike and just disappear. I was like, yeah, this is the Undertaker I loved. Like the mat, like the magic Undertaker. Yeah. I, th- I think. I think that's why I think this was really good. Like pre-taped matches are really good for him because you could, you could do the editing tricks and be like, yeah, look at him. He can make fire happen and and teleport and be undertake. Like it was cool. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed the boneyard match. I, like I already said, it wasn't my match of the night or whatever, but it was definitely, it was different. It was very reminiscent. I would not be surprised if Jeremy Borash was a part of this filming but it was very reminiscent of all the final deletions. Uh, that's what that's what I, my, my brain immediately went to. I was like final deletion, uh, stuff like that. Lucha Underground even, uh, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, if you're a fan of those things, then I get why you would like this because it, it was, it really felt like that. And you're right. I think this was the perfect match to hide the many weaknesses of Undertaker, um, but give, but give off the feel of Undertaker. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, we talk about the John Cena match was very, very short, and it definitely we'll felt. Get, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. No, we'll get to that that thing. No, I'm not talking about that John Cena match. I'm talking about oh, the John okay. Cena Undertaker yeah, match from New Orleans, the squash match, where it definitely brought Undertaker back into like what he was, but it was still weird because he was like, not. We saw him retire essentially, or what we thought was a retirement. I thought um, this like this, this was it. If they were trying to bring Undertaker back and like make him look like a badass again, this was it. This is a way. This is a in a way a reinvention, a way to reinvigorate and reinvent the wheel 
to continue having Undertaker matches moving forward if he so chooses. He could easily end here. I, we saw said the same thing in Orlando I, a couple years ago when he had the Roman Reigns match. He could easily end his career here if he so chooses. So I actually think he this might be it because of the way they filmed the match. Undertaker used to be associated like they Undertaker is associated usually with like darkness and the lights going out and like the ring the arena going dark and him being the only thing like there and like darkness and like hell and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. but during this filming they portrayed him in a lot of a lot of light like they were like like when he was rolling up he had the really bright uh the really bright headlight on his motorcycle when he appeared behind AJ there was a really bright light behind him mm-hmm. when he was like when he was leaving again it was the really bright light and like there was a lot of bright lights on Undertaker in this match which made me think like instead of him being like stuck in hell and being like hell he's like ascended finally oh interesting and it's like that's what the light is it's like him going into the light is like him retiring from WWE and then going back on the road. Exactly. exactly. You know, going back and on then the road. Doing the last like this, setting it on fire, his thing, his his logo appearing on the, the, the house, and then him riding away. It was the perf- perfect ending to an Undertaker career. I think the Roman Reigns-Orlando match could have been, but it obviously felt weird. And I think the un- Mark Calloway as a person, sort of watching a little bit of that, that teaser of the documentary, the, the limited series documentary, which I can't wait to watch. It definitely mm-hmm. felt like that was a disappointment to Mark Calloway, the person. And he's like, I everyone felt like I was nothing or whatever, and I looked really sad, which he did. Mm-hmm. He, he did. You can't mistake that. Um, but, you know, this, this – and then you had the next New Orleans match, which was fine. <laughs> like, it was like the squash match, and it, it felt a little bit, but it was still weird. And then I don't remember what last year was at all. I don't, did he have a match? I'm trying to. I surely. I don't know he if he had, did. Surely, surely he had a match. At 35. I maybe he did it. <laughs> I don't think he did. I guess he did. I had a whole. I had a whole watch party for that, and I don't think he had a 35 match. No, yeah, he was didn't have a match. Interesting. I thought he did or something. Either way, um, point moving forward i thought it was you know i thought it was good i think this is a good way like we said i think this would be a perfect moment for undertaker to go out on the high note that he deserves on the other mm-hmm. hand this is a great way to reinvigorate the character of undertaker um you know you're talking about reinventing the, a little bit um this is a great way a lot of people talked about it this would be a great way to finally be able to do the undertaker sting dream match Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you can do a body double for Sting at some points, um, yeah, to protect protect your neck. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's 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 money to be had here. But I would love if this was also the last match of Undertaker. I agree. I think this would be a great send off. The way he rode away, and the way that, like I said, the way they portrayed him in like coming out of the light instead of coming out of the dark was really interesting. When I first originally watched this match, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But the more I contemplate it, the more I'm like. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It was good. It was, you know, for that final deletion Lucha Underground stuff, it was, like, not... It's, it's weird. It's really weird. And I'm not, like... 
of course I question like we talk all the stuff. You got to have that question in my mind of like if we were if this was always the plan for WrestleMania to do a boneyard match or if it was going to be a live wrestling match. Um, if it was going to be a live WrestleMania match, I'm kind like I'm not glad this all happened, but I'm glad it shook out the way it did because this was better. I think this would have been this was better than any live match Undertaker would, was going to do could have been. Which is true. I mean, that could have gone either way. I mean, you got AJ Styles in there, so I'm never going to assume. I mean, AJ Styles put out a huge, amazing match of Shane McMahon, so mm-hmm. you never, never. I'm never going to not question that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I I think this, like we said, this hid many of Undertaker's flaws. Especially, not saying flaws, his weaknesses and his age, really mm-hmm. is what it is. His, his lack of mobility, and I think this was a great way to get around that. Um, yeah, I mean, will we see more of it? Maybe, but I would be okay with not. I, seeing I it. hope so. I gave it uh, three. I and hope a quarter. we see more matches like this. I hope we see more like pre-tape, why off the wall matches like this. We'll we'll get to that conversation, Mikey. Uh, I gave this match three and a quarter, and uh, just for uh, semantics' sake. Braun Strowman Goldberg, I gave two, not meatballs. I gave Braun Strowman Goldberg two Goldbergs out of <laughs> five Goldbergs. Oh shit! <laughs> you dropped your pop filters because you're laughing too hard. Well, it just fell. It just like fell off. Uh, hold on, let me fix this before. I yeah, no, again. you're fine. So I gave I uh, Goldberg Strowman. I gave uh the the Mikey rating of five who gives a shits um and undertaker aj styles i gave this one uh uh three three point five out of five meatballs i liked it yeah it was it was fun uh i like this match uh do i want to see more of it i don't know this is the conversation for a later day and we're getting to that later day because it's now part two of wrestlemania baby i do a wrestlemania baby let's get to it did uh Talking about night two a little bit, Mikey. Well, maybe this is the ending conversation, but I want to get to it first. Did you, in a broad sense, did you enjoy night one or night two more, or do you even think they're comparable? Night two, and it's not even close. Really? Yeah. I like night two much better, and it wasn't even close. Like not like not even remotely close. I think I agree. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's close or not close. I think it's actually. I don't know. I think this match had a lot of highlights, but I think this this card had a lot of lowlights. So personally, this one, to this this card felt like this card for me felt more like WrestleMania. Night yeah. one, night one felt like it could have been any fucking pay per view, and I've been like, yeah, that makes sense. The first half of night one, I one hundred percent agree. Any of this stuff could have been a Raw or SmackDown match. It could have been a Raw SmackDown, or literally like it could have been it, it could have been like backlash for all I gave a shit. Like it was, it felt it didn't feel mania like very big it didn't feel like mania i think night two felt much more like wrestlemania yeah well let's get into it night two of wrestlemania of course started off with the pre-show match which was Liv morgan defeating natalia in six minutes and 25 seconds like you talk about the feel of wrestlemania and where i'm happy is that this, these women got the chance to have a singles match on wrestlemania mm-hmm. what even though it may have been the, the kickoff or whatever this match again it didn't necessarily to me like some of the other matches before didn't necessarily have that WrestleMania feel to me, that special limelight. Um, but it had, it, you know, it had that just, this felt like a normal match, but it was still fine. I gave it two meatballs. It, it was yeah, like it was a, a fine match. It, they're really hyping up Morgan. Um, really hyping up Liv Morgan for something, which makes mm-hmm. her getting the win here makes me think one, 
Liv Morgan was probably going to win the women's uh, ro- battle royal this year. Uh, and two, uh, Liv Morgan could maybe be the next competitor to Becky Lynch. I don't know. What do you What do you think about this whole thing? What are your takes? Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think Liv Morgan's going to need a lot more work at this, especially now that uh, Shayna lost. I think if they were trying to build Liv Morgan to Becky, I think she's going to need a lot more work still. But I think this is a good start. I think Liv Morgan knocking off Natalia at WrestleMania is a big, a big uh, capstone and a big feather in her cap. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a good start to building her up to Becky levels, uh, and this match was decent. Yeah, it was a decent match. It was a fine opener, like we said. It was just a, good enough to you know be on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, gave it two meatballs. Mm, yeah, I gave it. I gave this one uh, two meatballs as well. Let's move right along to the opener. Sur- honestly, surprising opener, but glad it opened. The singles match for the NXT Women's Championship: Charlotte Flair defeating Rhea Ripley by submission. By of that uh, biggest swerve of WrestleMania for me, easy. Say it again. The biggest swerve. This was the, the biggest swerve. I did not expect this. Really? I, mm-hmm. I I think the biggest swerve to me was the Lynch Baszler more than this one. But, That's fair. But this because uh, I'm also like I'm like I'm never gonna count out Charlotte Flair, honestly. <laughs> you For know? me, I thought, I thought Ripley was definitely gonna the way they're the way they've been putting over Ripley, I thought she was definitely gonna get a win here. So I got bored before. Do you know when Charlotte Flair's last singles loss was in a one-on-one match? I can look it up for you. I have no. I have no. Twenty-fifth, twenty nineteen. It was in twenty nineteen. She hasn't had a singles loss in months. Really? They're protecting her, dude. I mean, also she was doing a lot of stuff of like not wrestling and things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It was against Oscar. Oh, let me. Not, I'm not. Am, am I including live matches, uh, house shows? I assume not. No. Well, maybe. Well, but according I, to this, yeah. she lost in a house show a triple threat against Oscar and Becky Lynch. <laughs> that's not one on one. No, that's true. That I said one on one. Charlotte Flair defeats Becky Lynch. Got no more triple threat. Charlotte Flair defeats Oscar. Charlotte Flair wins the Royal Rumble. Um, triple threat house show matches. Nikki Cross, Sarah Logan. Natalia, all people that you know make sense here. More house shows. Chelsea Green back in December. Um, the Raw Women's Title: Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. The house show ended in no contest. Ooh, Augusta, Georgia. Um, two on one handicap. The Kabuki Warriors defeat Charlotte Flair. That is her earliest loss. Not one on one, but it is the earliest loss and that is at um december 2nd um before that uh oscar defeats charlotte flair which was a, a le- november 25th yep hmm i don't know why charlotte they i don't know why every time charlotte seems to be in a one-on-one match she always wins literally no matter what it drives me fucking insane it's well, like to be fair i mean i can can't somebody go over Charlotte one fucking time? I'm gonna look at Becky Lynch and see when her last singles loss was. Becky's, Becky's probably the same fucking thing. Oh, that's true. But I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look for it. I'm gonna find it. But uh, talk to me. Talk to me. Why? Why did you want Rhea Ripley to win? Or why do you think she deserved to win this match? I don't know. I th- I wanted Rhea Ripley to win because I, I think I I don't. 
because Rhea Ripley's actually on NXT. <laughs> like, I don't get Charlotte winning because Charlotte's not on NXT, so why would why? Um, it's not like she can really defend it that much. Uh, and I think I think it was Ripley's time to go over. I think she was at the like peak of her popularity, and I think if she won here, it would have been like, damn, Ripley's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. But do you think, to be- do you think that that should have happened now, or do you think that can still happen later? I mean, Ripley's young. She has plenty of career ahead of her, and I'm sure she can go over Charlotte eventually, and I think they're going to do it when the fans are back. That's true. I could easily see that happen. Like, hopefully, hopefully, if this all blows over by SummerSlam, I think we can get a good rematch between Ripley and Charlotte, maybe at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ripley, Ripley winning. Because, A, it'll make Ripley or look great. Summer, or SummerSlam match as well. Yeah, or, I'm saying, but I'm saying I think it'd be better at a TakeOver. Because... Mm-hmm. A, Ripley still beat Charlotte Flair. And B, if you don't want to make Charlotte look as bad, do it in front of a smaller crowd. That's true. I, I, what I liked about it, I, do I think Rhea Ripley should have won this match? I'm okay. Honestly, I'm okay with it. I, I'm okay if her losing. I, I think, to me, there are more positives coming, potential positives coming out of this match than negatives. I don't mm-hmm. think, I think, I thought this match was the night, the match of the weekend. This was. This match, don't get me wrong. This match was awesome. This was my favorite match of the entire weekend. By the way, I'm still looking at Becky Lynch's singles losses. I honestly, I'm in July. Great. I'm in July. I still can't find a single loss from Becky Lynch, um, Becky Lynch. in terms of singles oh. matches. Uh, I talked about two on one that Charlotte Flair losing to the Kabuki Warriors. Becky Lynch beat the Kabuki Warriors in a two on one match. Lynch is fucking untouchable right now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all the way back to May of 2019. And haven't found anything. I'm gonna give up. Um, yeah, I I think I think um, Rhea Ripley is fine. I I think had, her losing doesn't honestly, hurt her. Becky's last loss was probably that last match against Oscar at Royal Rumble, right last year. Yes, I believe that is probably correct. Unless there was something you know, that happened early in 2019. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with Rhea Ripley not winning. In fact, losing. Like I said, I think there's more pauses. I think Rhea Ripley is fine. I think because of how the match went, I think she's protected. Um, you protect her by doing... The, you know, she didn't lose by a fluke. She was attacked by Charlotte Flair a couple weeks ago. The knee was hurt going into this match, and the knee was constantly worked on throughout the match. I think it's in a way kind of protects Rhea Ripley, and I think she looked good coming out of it. Charlotte Flair winning. I think there are tons of potential for that. Um, you look at that NXT women's roster, man, and it is stacked to the tens. And just adding Charlotte Flair in there, you know, you could talk about NXT versus AEW. Maybe they'll pop a rating or whatever, but I don't think it's about that. I think you have the potential of Io Shirai versus Flair. Uh, Candice LeRae versus Flair, Tegan Knox versus Flair. I think there's so many potential amazing matches to Candice LeRae versus Flair, and I was just like, huh. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's there's too many potential matches with Flair holding the title more than Rhea Ripley, and I think I also think Flair needed a refresher. She was getting Mm -hmm. stale on the main roster. I think her going to NXT helps. And I and I say that, but there is a recent interview apparently where Charlotte Flair has stated that she's willing to re- defend this title on the main roster as well, along with mm-hmm. NXT, and be like a floater between the two brands, mm-hmm. um, which is 
fine. <laughs> I'm not completely happy about that, but maybe that means we have more NXT women's stars that can pop up on a Raw or a SmackDown or, you know, in for a pay-per-view or something. That could be exciting. That could be a way to showcase more women on, or, you know, showcase more women, not just more women, more women wrestlers, but also more women. You get, you get an additional title match out of that. Um, you know, I, I think there's more possibilities with that, and I think I like it. I, I thought this match was amazing. Talking about the match itself, I thought this match was great. Um, I thought the 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 constant agonizing, screaming pain that Rhea Ripley was showcasing and just yes. flair trash-talking her the entire time worked very well. I thought the selling was great. This It, it, it felt similar but way better than the Sami Zayn Daniel Bryan where it felt like you were watching someone get methodically beaten down uh, and just see the pain and everything. It felt like you were voyeuristically watching it and not remember watching like a sports entertainment thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I really liked that. I thought that like it got me into the match. I thought this was great match of the weekend. Uh, I gave it four meatballs. I gave it four out of five meatballs. I th- yeah, I thought it was. I thought this was a great match. It, if any match, I would be like, you got to watch this one because I thought yeah, it was great. I, I give this one four point two five out of five meatballs. I thought it was great. It was. It, I was really into it. Also, I'm not gonna lie. As much as I wanted Rhea to win, belt does look really good. The gold does look really good on the queen. No, it's she's the queen. She's the queen. And I'm telling you, actual like gold though this time. That's oh, what that's I also true. Um, I just be red. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also true. And you, you can't forget, Mikey, this Wednesday at the time of recording is that NXT Women's Ladder Match where we will officially find out who is the number one contender for that NXT title. Mm-hmm. We will know who is challenging Charlotte <laughs> Flair next. We'll start winning. It's going to be like, Charlotte's going to be the Intercontinental Champion. Charlotte's going to be the United States Champion. Charlotte's going to be Universal Champion. I want to see Charlotte Flair, but with like that Ultimo Dragon picture where she has every title. She has, like, yeah. 12 titles on her, and she's just like, yeah, I'm Charlotte Flair, bitch. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, dang it. She's right. What am I going to do about it? Uh, let's keep moving along. Let's move on to Aleister Black defeating Bobby Lashley in a singles match, 7 minutes, 20 seconds, with the Black Mass. It's fine. <laughs> I, I like him. I like, how many, I like how Mikey doesn't really come in with takes. He comes in with, like, yeah, it's fine. Alistair Black used to be so cool and have such amazing, amazing matches with amazing competitors, and now it's just like, who can he kick? It's like, Bobby Lashley? Yeah, kick him. This random jobber? Yeah, kick him. Fuck it. Let's just keep throwing people for Alistair Black to kick in five-minute matches. Like, come on, give me a good Alistair Black match. Give me Alistair Black versus Andrade again. That match was so good. Yeah, I, I wonder... I'll give you the Aleister Black versus people I don't give a shit about. Yeah, I, I I keep hearing that Aleister Black is like one of Paul Heyman's favorite wrestlers right now, and he really wants to do something special with Aleister Black. But it's like sort of at the, I mean, and again, you know, hands in the air. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Who the, there's a pandemic happening. All that shit got thrown out the window. Maybe it could have been Black versus Andrade for the U.S. title. That could have been great. But we all give me pro- that feud. Give me that feud. And we all sort of... had had an awesome feud for the NXT title. Give me that feud. Yeah, but it was probably going to be Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo in some capacity instead. Um, Let's be honest. Um, Which I'm fine with. I also would have loved that match. Um, But it's sort of... It feels like Black is just in jobber hell in the sense that he's just doing squash matches all the time. And I think it's... At this point, Paul Heyman, you got to sort of shit or get off the pot. Um, You know... you gotta do something with Aleister Black. 
you gotta have him, you know, maybe Andrade comes back. You were doing the Andrade, Humberto, Angel Garza, Rey Mysterio, I guess now Austin Theory stuff for a long time. And obviously that gets maybe thrown out the window because of the pandemic. You gotta flash that card. But, you know, now it's like you gotta do something with Black. He's gotta start going after a title or something or being in another meaningful feud. His last big feud was against Buddy Murphy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And after that, you can maybe argue Rowan. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta put him some. If he's special, then do something with him. You know, I agree. Have him go after a title or something. The whole premise of this Alistair Black character is he waiting for someone to fight him, but that's a passive character. A passive character doesn't necessarily work in wrestling unless you have someone that's looking to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. And you know who's willing to look a pick a fight with someone that they're not fighting? I don't know. Does that make any sense? I don't yeah. have no idea. All right. Well, let's keep it moving and grooving, Mikey. Any other thoughts on that match? Uh, I thought it was. I gave it two and a three, two and three quarters stars or meatballs. Any other thoughts, mm-hmm. Mikey? Um, not really. Not really. It was fine. What was your meatball rating? Uh, this this one gave me uh, I give I think I give this one two and a, two and a half out of five. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, can we talk about Lana? Who cares? Who cares? She's useless in this feud. She does nothing for Bobby Lashley. She's just annoying. Yeah, I don't. All she does is go ah. I really don't like. That's That's I do like the idea that the heels look like idiots coming out of this match. You know, like, the idea that, like, Lana, the heel manager that's supposed to be really smart, was like, no, go for the spear instead. Like, Bobby Lashley had the match to win, and Lana's like, no, do this instead. And then it didn't work at all. Maybe they're teasing, like, a breakup in store for them. I don't know. But I thought this was sort of nice of being like, oh, the heels look stupid, and and the face did not. So I enjoyed that, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Moving right along to the singles match between Otis and Dolph Ziggler, where Otis picked up the victory, defeating Dolph Ziggler in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. And, of course, following the match, we got Otis locking lips, lack of social distancing with Mandy Rose. Mikey, The world's best WWE storyline pays off. (laughs) We did it, boys. Otis wins. Yes, I'm thrilled. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I could, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of this. In a match made perfect for Twitter. It was so good. In a match result made perfect for Twitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so funny. It was so fun. It was exact. It was almost exactly how I hoped it was gonna go. Finally, like. Otis Otis beats Dolph Ziggler down. Otis gets the caterpillar on Dolph Ziggler. He walks out with Mandy. Everything is happy in the world, and it feels great. I wish I, I part of me still wishes we got uh this this the six the six person tag with uh Rude Ziggler and Sony Deville versus Heavy Machinery and Mandy, which would have been cool. But this was great still. And I can't I can't help but think about the fucking pop that would have happened uh yeah there would have been a huge 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 imagine imagine like fucking eighty-five thousand billion 
however many record-breaking fans all cheering for fucking Otis and Mandy finally he's going, happening. He's going like, the, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, the WrestleMania moment the whole WWE universe agreed on and was praying for happened. Wow. I love uh, I love I love your enthusiasm, Mikey. I love Otis. And Otis loves Mandy. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, like I said, this match was made for Twitter. This match was made for like all of those people sitting at home, sitting watching it and stuff. It was like, you know, it was made perfectly made for that. You know, I it, it was match wise, was it a great match? No, no, I mean that's it's fine. not what we were watching it for. We weren't watching it for a Dolph Ziggler Otis. 45 minute barnstormer you're watching it for Dolph Ziggler getting his comeuppance and getting kicked in the dick while Otis walks away with the girl that's what we were all wanting that's yeah. what we were all watching for yeah maybe maybe this is a point for later I don't know but you know this is WWE this the whole point is entertainment over wrestling and uh, this this match thoroughly entertained yeah you were if you were the if you were the uh ruler of Rome you would give it a thumbs up because you were you were entertained is that a reference? Is that how references go? Yep. Uh, I, yeah, like I said, match-wise, um, because I Mikey is the epitome of excitometer and the epitome of the other one or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, I'm the review guy. I'm, I'm the guy that's like, hey, you buy a pizza. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's like, it's like sometimes you just got to separate. Like, for, like I said, this one wasn't about the match for me. This one was about oh, like Otis coming out on top of Dolph Ziggler and Dolph Ziggler getting his comeuppance for being a dickhead. And that's what it was. That, that's why I liked it. It was entertaining. The storyline paid off. We got the moment everyone was hoping for. And it was just good. It was just good. It was a good, wholesome... It was good, wholesome storytelling. And I, I was like, heck yes. A little bit of a feel-good, you know? The the but, one, the one like, negative critical review of that, Mikey, for me is the fact that like well then there's no there's no reason to not have it be in like a really good match if if, if the i guess end, you're right no i guess you're right there's there's no point in not having a great match i mean look at look at the miss elizabeth stuff you know <laughs> with with macho man Randy savage i mean that was a good match on top of a great moment and i mm-hmm. think i think a good match would have made the moment better but like you said, the, the point of this match wasn't the match. The point of it was Mandy Rose running down, making sure her music gets hit, wearing her 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 costume costume, wearing wearing the boots and everything so that wearing she can the do a run in, wearing the ring gear, which I love the fact that like she was so upset or whatever that she had to dress up. Yep. Um, which I just love that so much. But you know, man, the point of the match was not the match, but rather the moment following the match. Um, which maybe that's the epitome of WWE in terms of it and how it views wrestling. You know they love moments. They love the moment. They love the WrestleMania moments, baby. It's not a. It's WrestleMania. You want the moments. You want a moment over here. You want a moment over there. You gotta get up every moment. It's like Oprah, Oprah Winfrey giving out free moments to everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, I say you know, some. There are matches in here, like I said, Charlotte Flair Ripley was a great match. But you know, like you said, this is more about the moment than it was about the match. But it does not excuse the fact that there it could not have been like a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, but who the hell knows? Let's keep moving along to one of the other more controversial matches of this weekend. It was Edge 
making his singles return match in a last man standing, defeating Randy Orton in a whopping 36 minutes and 35 seconds. The longest match of this entire show by 17 minutes. <laughs> this match felt like it went on for four and a half hours. <laughs> this match sucked. I'm going to say it off top. Match sucked. It blew chunks in my mouth. I'll, okay. I'll defend it. I, I'll, fend, I'll defend me- it real quick. I'll defend it real quick. The first two minutes, the last two minutes were good. Like everyone okay. else is saying, like a lot of people are saying online, first two minutes, last two minutes were great. This middle, this walk and brawl, I had no. I'm not here for it. It was way yeah, too long it, for it. This match felt like it went on for four and a half hours, and it was, yeah. I, I kept looking away and then looking back and then looking away and then looking back, and every time I was like, whoa, is this still happening? <laughs> that, I, my girlfriend sitting next to me are like, man, this is just still happening, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, way, the way they took... The way they they went through the performance center was slow and rough. And there's, it, and... if you're editing stuff down, there is no reason this match right? could not have been edited. Right, cut. like you could have edited. Like editing is a thing you could have done now. It wasn't cut, live. Cut I forgot the entire it. It gym. Live. Cut the entire gym section of this match from it. It, it would have been better. It would still wouldn't have been great, in my opinion. But it would have cut out like a whole ten minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't good. It, it was disappointing, really. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it's really tough because it's like again, I keep saying it over and over again. But again, alternate reality. I think this match could have been killer. Yeah. But under the circumstances, it wasn't. It was very disappointing. This walk and brawl. Uh, you know, first off, getting to the gym. Um, a lot of people on the internet not happy about it. Um, not happy with the gym section for controversial reasons that I don't know if you yeah. want to talk about, Mikey. But we don't have to have to talk about I that. I don't think we have to. I, 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 we, I think we all know what the spot was. Yes, if <laughs> I'll just reference Dark Side of the Ring every Tuesday yeah. on Vice. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was not great. That, was, that felt like poor taste, and I don't think that was obvious. But I didn't think I don't think it helped that Dark Side of the Ring happened a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that was, you know, then we, they continue, they fight some more, then they go back down the hallway. Edge climbs up a steel cage that's like in the office for some reason. It uh, does like an elbow drop. Yeah. Then they fight yeah, in the warehouse. That was weird. Fight in the warehouse. Someone put the crafty table behind the ladders, and I don't know who's doing that over here. Bunch of nonsense. Um, but you know, it was, it, it was fine. You know, it was like, okay. Uh, no, it wasn't fine. I don't like it. <laughs> I said it was fine because my brain was trying to think of something else and I just kept talking, but it wasn't fine. I didn't, I not like this match. Uh, it, it was largely disappointing. I really liked the first two minutes with Randy Orton doing the surprise. I think that would have been huge, a huge moment I spot in, in front a of a crowd. I idiot for not knowing Orton was going to come up behind him. <laughs> I uh, I think I think Ed should have been turning was, around looking for Orton because that was ridiculous. He was just staring at the stage. And I'm like, you know, he's gonna come up from behind you. I was like, Edge knows better. <laughs> he's he, been your tag. He was your tag team partner for how long? You know, he's coming up behind you. Yeah, I think he should have been looking for him. I still think Orton gets getting the jump on him is great. I think that moment of him taking off the camera and doing the RKO out of nowhere was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have played amazingly well. Um, in front of the crowd, um, but alas, no crowd. 
And then I think I love, I really love the moment where Edge gets up out of the RKO, gets up from the 10 count, Edge throws a punch, whiffs completely, Randy Orton hits another RKO. I love that so much. It was perfect. Then the rest of the match happened. And then getting to the end, uh, you get the big emotional culmination of all of it, doing the concerto, which really brought it all back together. And just, here's your winner on this day. I see clearly. And Edge is just like crying. He's just like, yeah, I've murdered like, a man. Edge has like a thousand yard stare. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like he's going oh through like God. a moment of PTSD. And it's just like him partying in the back of Beth Phoenix. Uh, and and he's like partying in the back of a bunch of other people. And he's like, ah. He's like, and Chris Jericho comes out and he's like, ah, let's have a little bit of the bubbly. And he just pops it under Edge's face and it just the cork bounces off. And he's just like still thousand yard stared. I don't know. That's my tirade about it, Mikey. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of this match? Uh, I think I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you here. It started off really well. It ended really well. But the middle was just like, please, get me out of this. <laughs> Someone kill somebody already. There was some, like, okay spots. Like, when they, like, like the, I thought the elbow on the, off the ceiling was neat. I thought the, the, through the, the table spot was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh and some of the spots on the truck were neat, but like otherwise, it was just like, please, just get to where you're going. <laughs> it it should have been way shorter. I I don't. I'm confused by people saying that this match was, you know, the best match ever, five stars. Five, you know, I'm I'm confused by that. I'm confused by saying that they're because not- everyone saw the ending and was like, oh, it's so emotional. It's telling such a great story. Five stars. But there's no reason that that could not have been shorter. It could not have been I, done I, in a way I, shorter I, I, time. I, I, your side here. There's no reason it had to be that long. If the if the whole point if is the beginning of how the match started, which was great, and the whole point is the ending, why did it have to take 30 minutes to get there? Mm-hmm. It, it was just, I don't know. I, I, it was not welcomed. <laughs> did not enjoy it. Um, I gave it, I believe, two meatballs. Um, not not the worst match of the weekend there because there were some stuff in there. I'll give them credit for doing a walk and brawl and stuff. You know, I'll give them the props. But like after we saw a walking brawl could be really good between Gargano and Champa. Trying to remember there which match are you referencing specifically? It, well, I don't think it was a match. I think they just remember they just beat the crap out of each other through through the PC on like an episode of NXT. I don't quite remember, but I'll take your word for it. There was an episode of NXT where Champa and Gargano absolutely beat the crap out of each other through, like, all throughout the the performance center, and it was like solid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, I saw people comparing this match to the Champa Gargano Last Man Standing match at Brooklyn Four, um, which also was thirty three minutes, and they were saying that that match was had the same exact pacing no, as the Edge that match Orton match. Yeah, that match was good. Uh, this match was, did not have the same amount of pacing. The pacing, it was slow. The pacing was very slow, and that's the problem with walk-in brawls. Which is why it felt like... Which is why 35 minutes felt like four and a half hours. Because, honestly, that's the problem with walk-in brawls, is that walk-in brawls pacing is naturally slow because you're walking like, and brawling. It, it, it's like the, uh, the... The False Count Anywhere match that happened at Royal Rumble between... Roman and Corbin. Exactly. Exactly. And that was not a good match because it's a walk and brawl. They're incredibly slow. I, I can't think of a good walk and brawl. 
you know it's hard because it's you're walking it the pace is going to be slow and it's going to be dragged out and it's not going to be good and i'm disappointed i wish this match could have been way better it was one of it was maybe my most hyped up match going into this weekend like most Mm -hmm. of the match i was most excited to see what they could do with it and it ended up not being good in my opinion um yeah meatball marrying rating mikey i gave it a two yeah I, i'm in the same boat yeah it was sort of disappointing but alas here we go moving on the raw tag team championships it was street profits and who ended up defeating angel garza and austin theory in six minutes and 20 seconds mikey what are your thoughts uh it was fine <laughs> this was a good match i think we needed something a little i, I mean after after that last one, I was a little bit exhausted, so this one was like fine. Yeah, no, I me. get that. I get that that idea of like that was you know that's. I think the Street Profits winning makes sense, uh, and I like the Bianca Belair coming coming out after after the match to 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 save him. I thought that was cool. I love that. That was the match itself was fine. I thought you know Austin Theory played his part. You know, Angel Garza played his part. They all played their part, 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 part in the match. Um, and I, the biggest thing for me, like we said, you and, I, you and I are huge fans. Bianca Belair coming out, beating down Selena Vega. Um, mm. I don't remember if she used the hair whip. No, she didn't. She used her. She she just did like a, she like beat her down and then she did her finisher. Bianca Belair, I hope this means she's officially on Raw. Uh, like I said, you know, like we said earlier, this could potentially be one of the next challengers for Becky Lynch, especially since she's gone through a lot of people. Um, I really like the potential of Bianca Blair on the main roster. I think she has it. She's a great, complete package. She has charisma. She has mm-hmm. promo skill. She can do the moves. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Bianca Blair on the main roster. And that's yep. mainly what I got out of this man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you, are you, this is obviously, maybe, this might have, is this your first time ever seeing Austin Theory? Yes. How'd you feel about it? How'd you feel about Austin Theory seeing it? A guy that is touted as a huge, impressive man on the, in the independent scene, um, and then seeing him actually f- wrestle in a WWE match. He was good, and I would definitely like to see more. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't want to make, I don't want to make judgments based off of one match. That feels bad. That's especially especially after how I felt after the, the last man standing match, I feel like I was already in a bad light. True. That is true. I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. Okay, well then let's keep moving along. Wait, did we give meatball rings? We keep forgetting the meatball rings. I gave it two and a half. Yeah, same. It was fine. Um, well, let's keep moving along. It was next the fatal five-way elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey defeating and retaining her title against Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Mikey, you shrugged your shoulders in a audio format. So, can you describe to me? And if you, uh, Mikey, I'm going to say this: you cannot say the words. It was fine. <laughs> now continue. No, Mikey seems to be caught up on what to say he's not entirely positive it looks like he's it looks like i don't know what to you, you listen you took away you took away what i was gonna say so uh, i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean that that's what i like that's what described like i wasn't like this match wasn't thrilling like i wasn't thrilled by this 
Like I don't care about like I don't care about Lacey Evans or Tamina anymore. What about what about this match wasn't thrilling? What about what about this was not? That I just great? wasn't I just wasn't into it. Like I I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Like I like I don't care about Tamina, so I don't even know why she was here. I don't care about Lacey Evans anymore because we know Bailey already beat Lacey Evans, so it's like why is she even in this match? Naomi, I get Sasha Banks, I get, and that's and Bailey obviously has to be in this match because she's the champion. Mm-hmm. But I don't get Sasha. I they, they're trying to build this like tension between Bailey and Sasha, but then Sasha ends up saving Bailey in the end anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was weird. I think I think I think Sasha should have turned on Bailey and won this match. Yeah, I was talking about it with a friend of mine and I sorta of, I'm I'm interested because what do you hmm this obviously this match is setting up Bailey Sasha Banks, right? I also didn't think it need, it did not need to be a a five way elimination match. That was not necessary. I'm okay with that. I think it's a way to get more women on the roster. You know, get more women on the card. I'm I'm okay with that being a mm-hmm. fatal five way. I do think it was a little slow at the beginning. You get a team bad reunion, but eh, whatever. Nah. Um, that doesn't do anything for me. Um, and. You know, you're able to get some of these sort of things where it's like, okay, get some moves, get some line light for the rest of these people. Really, the culmination of this match was the ending, which was Bailey accidentally attacking Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks thinking that Bailey did it on purpose. Bailey apologizing. Then Lacey Evans going for the women's right. Bailey reversing it and hitting Sasha Banks instead. Banks goes down for the count. So One, it two, looked three. like it Bailey looked doesn't like, save Banks. It looked like what happened was. Lacey was going to go attack Sasha from behind and Bailey pushed Sasha out of the way and then caught the women's right and didn't like mean to throw it into Banks. She mm-hmm. kind of was just like, oh shit, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. And Banks just happened to be in the right spot to take the punch right in the, right in the face. But also, Bailey didn't break up the pin. Yes. Bailey didn't save Sasha. Sasha saved Bailey in the end. Which is tough uh, because tactically. Bailey watched Sasha get pinned right in well, front of her face. Yeah. As a friend, not great. But tactically, strategically, makes sense. I, I mean, as, no, I mean, as it the makes champion, sense. you know, I'm it was sit, it was I'm optimal for ass. sure. I'm gonna sit sit my ass down and watch this. It was definitely the optimal play. Yeah, I'm interested. There's obviously heel face dynamics that would have to work in terms of a Bailey Sasha Banks match. Um, mm-hmm. it, for me, it feels like Sasha Banks is the heel and Bailey's the face coming out of this. But of course, mm-hmm. Bailey didn't break up the pin, so who cares? You know, who knows? Um, but obviously, that's this is what I was setting up. I, I think it made Lacey Evans look like a bigger star or whatever. Uh, but I don't necessarily care for it, or who cares? Because at that point, when when Lacey Evans pinned Sasha Banks, we knew that Bailey was going to win. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, Sasha Banks then helping Bailey defeat Lacey Evans is interesting, and then giving her the title and congratulating her or whatnot. That's all interesting. It. It's a very interesting stuff and, and interesting in the sense that, like, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it's really wait and see at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think, that, like you said, I think the beginning of this match was okay. The ending of this match was better. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely, definitely better. But also, 19 minutes, this match was long. <laughs> yeah. This match was real long. It didn't have to be Well, long. yeah, I mean, there was five people in it. I'll have to get eliminated, so I guess that made sense. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I gave it two and three quarters. Yeah, I gave this one three. It was, it was, 
it was all right. Um, I didn't, I didn't really like the five, the five way. I didn't think it needed to be that, but whatever, it, whatever you want to do. Would you have preferred it to be a Bailey Banks match singles? Even, even Bailey Banks Naomi okay. triple threat would have been, I think, would have been better. Okay, like, I see what you're saying. Because we could have, because we could have, because we still could have had the Banks Bailey spot of Bailey accidentally attacking, attacking Sasha with Naomi there. Tamina and Evans just kind of felt like, why? <laughs> like, why do we need them here? Yeah, it it felt like as also big bookers of our own right. It felt like one of the situations where it's like you kind of have like a bunch of kind of mini. There's no big feud. There's kind of just like a bunch of mini feuds that are all sort of happening all together and people working together. And just sort of you get to WrestleMania and you're like, what should we do with all these people? And you're like, I don't know. Just throw them all together. <laughs> Make yeah. one big match. And you're like, I don't know. Fuck it. Let's go throw <laughs> all these people together. It's not like a huge like, oh, Becky Shayna. It's just sort of like, okay, well, we have all these women here. Let's just uh, throw them together. And then, yeah. Then they boom, like, it, was like, it felt all right. It, was, it felt just. It felt very thrown together and like half ass. Um, let's move on, Mikey. We have our choice here. Um, you know, we can go in match order and move on to the Firefly Funhouse, or do you want to move on to the WWE Championship match? I think there's more discussion to be had with the I Firefly Funhouse. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about the WWE Championship match first. We'll save we'll save the bizarre for the end. Okay. Okay. Let's then move on to the WWE Championship match, which was Drew McIntyre earning the prophecy, making the prophecy come true by defeating Brock Lesnar. The Lenzer chosen one. Four minutes, 35 seconds, uh, in a eerily similar match to the Braun Strowman Goldberg Universal title, where it took four F5s and four Claymores uh, for Drew McIntyre to get the victory. I wish this was more of a fight. Okay. But I can't be as upset because Brock made Drew McIntyre look like a million bucks and Drew McIntyre came out with the title. So I'm way less upset at the than, than Goldberg being in a match and constantly making everyone including himself look worse. <laughs> I, would, I, I think this match was way better than the Goldberg match. Even though it was literally the same thing. Yeah. Four finishers each. Yeah, you're right. It was, that's why like, it, it is basically the same match. Yet, th- what what's the difference? Is it McIntyre? Is it Brock? It, like, what's what about this match to you made this so different? Even though it's basically the same match, I think it was. I think it was the way. I think it felt like like it was weird. It just felt like both of these guys gave a shit instead of like for mm-hmm. me. It, like whenever I watch a Goldberg match, it always feels like neither of the two people in the match care about the match. But this match actually felt, even though it was just a finisher fest, and I wish it wasn't. Like part, like I like part of me still wants it. Wish it was like Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar have a fight, like a real fight, instead of just a finisher, instead of just throwing finishers at each other. Mm-hmm. I wish it was like a good long match, and Drew McIntyre just beats Brock Lesnar. But like, I was still into it. Like I was still into it. Like I still was like every time Drew McIntyre hit a claymore, I was like, yeah, let's go, Drew got this and then he and then he did it and i was still stoked and i was like i kind of forgot about why about like why i used to hate brock and why i hated these matches because it actually felt like they both gave a shit brock brock sold all those claymores like death and brock was brock made it look like like 
look surprised when Drew McIntyre kicked out at one. He didn't know sell stuff, you know, like he wasn't being like lazy Brock. He was being like, I'm into this match, Brock, and I like that Brock. I'm selling. Cut cut me the check, I'll sell it for you. Exactly. And then Drew McIntyre was also putting his all into this match, and that was also great. Even though it was eerily similar to the Goldberg Strowman match, the Goldberg Strowman match half the amount of time. That match was very much go move to move to move to move to move. This match it was more of that selling, but more of like sitting in different things. Sitting yeah, they, they, in they, they the let match. some. They let the moments sink in for a little bit before they moved on to the next thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you're right. It definitely like McIntyre kicking out at one. It's like, oh shit, out of an F five. Yes, yes. It it felt it felt bigger and meatier and stuff. Plus, I gotta say, uh, I love Paul Heyman just being ringside. Brock, he uh, always, always adds so much. McIntyre kicks out of a uh, McIntyre clicks out of an F five, and then Brock looks over at Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman's just like, he's good. Just keep hitting it. Just keep hitting him. <laughs> I get. I, it's like shit. He kicked. Uh, I do it again. <laughs> he's like, just just keep just do another it again. one. Just do another one. He's a good Su- he's Suplex good. City. <laughs> Just keep going. And I'm like, oh, there we go, Paul. That's what I like. That's what I like, Paul. That's what, yeah, so I, <laughs> I like Paul Heyman enjoyment. Yeah, I, I thought this match was way better than the other match. Uh, it, you know, it still wasn't like, do I, like I said, I, I do wish this match was meatier and was more of a fight. It was more of a back and forth, maybe like a 10-minute sort of match. But I enjoyed what we were given um, in terms of that scale, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it served its purpose. It it did the job. I would have liked to have more meat on the bone, but I felt filled. I think if we get more meat on the bone, like I, it, I feel like a lot of these matches are going to be like the the uh, meatier, more expected version of these matches when there's fans again. I think we might get some re- some. I think SummerSlam might have some WrestleMania rematches, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I think there might. I think. I think there might be a Becky Shayna too. I think there might be uh, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre too. Like I think a lot of matches lend themselves to rematches mm-hmm. at SummerSlam at an event where there's a lot of big fans. I think we're gonna get Charlotte Ripley too. Like I think there's gonna be a lot of matches that are gonna have a second go with a large crowd to yeah. get that reaction and make that make those big moments. Let's move on. To this next, I don't know when to, I don't want to necessarily say match. Um, let's move in to the WWE film review podcast that we're starting. Uh, then our first film review is the Bray Wyatt saga versus Jane, Jane, Jane Cena, Bray Wyatt, John Cena, Firefly Funhouse match, 13 minutes long. Mikey, you and I, uh, we have the discussions we have had. We are very divided on our thoughts and feelings towards this match. This um, match, I, I, let, let's get, give you the floor, man. Man, this match was absolute. I'm just gonna call it a match for yeah, for for, for, for the sake of ease, please. This, this match <laughs> was my mind. If we if we don't do that, absolutely fucking bizarre. The entire I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was like it was like. No, I I don't want to say a car wreck because I don't think it was a bad thing, but I I couldn't stop watching. Like I was like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? I need to I need to see where this goes. And I thought it was neat. I was kind of into it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I liked it a whole lot. 
I thought it was super cool, uh, and it definitely, it definitely reinvigorated the fiend for me after the shit show that was Saudi. Um, really, that it reinvigorated. Because I, I remember, what was the last pay per view? I guess we did Survivor Series. Mm. Well, it was maybe the last pay-per-view we reviewed and I remember you being so mad about The Fiend I wasn't mad about The Fiend, I was mad about Goldberg to be fair Well, no, th- that wasn't Goldberg wasn't Survivor Series, that was fucking Saudi oh, okay. oh, we were okay. we were reviewing I think Revolution, which is what you're thinking of for Saudi, because we did talk about that slightly um, Yes I think that's that's what it was Because the, the Fiend had some hiccups not gonna lie mm-hmm. Uh there was parts where he was awesome, and there was parts where he was like, eh. "This was great." I thought this was great. I love. I no, I know what you're gonna. I know what you're gonna say, but I really love. I I think Bray Wyatt really shined in this match. I, no, like, you, I can, think, you can say whatever you want, Wyatt, Mikey. I'm not gonna interrupt you until you're done. I feel like every like everyone's like, "Oh, everyone's just sucking." Everyone just thinks Bray Wyatt is the magic man who can't do any wrong, and it's like I don't think that, but. This was gold. This was this this was amazing, and I think I want more of this stuff. I want more of this is why I want in wrestling more more of wrestlers getting to do their own thing and being creative and doing crazy stuff like this. That's off the wall, backwards as stuff you would never ever expect. I was here for it. Any other thoughts before I start? Before I start my this is like a debate. This is like a debate where we're talking about two sides. I I, I don't I liked it. I thought it was like like I said. I thought it was like the I thought it was the right amount of bizarre and scary, but also fun. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I did not hate this match. I nor did I love it. Uh, I'm in the middle of the road. Um, I'm leaning towards not good. Um, I really think, um, what's, what's the best way to say it was this match for me, uh, first off, right off the bat, I'm going to say it, Mikey. I did not give a meatball review for this match, uh, because to me, it's not this first off, not a match. It's a movie. I watched the movie for 13 minutes. Not, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not giving a meatball rating to a, not a match. Because the only fighting that happened was John Cena beating up a puppet for a little bit, I guess, and also I guess Bray Wyatt a little bit, and then the Fiend doing the. I mean that thing. that it was it was this match was this match quote unquote was just mostly symbolism, I guess. This I felt that okay, well, that's another point. That uh, wasn't just John Cena beating up a puppet; it meant something. Okay, and I'll, I would love for you to what is it? What is? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. It was. It was John. It was like the, the room. It was like those rumors of John Cena, like not of uh, holding back Bray Wyatt and not letting him go over at WrestleMania, like where, where they had that match and he won. Husky Harris was old Bray. The Huskist was supposed to be old Bray Wyatt, and John Cena was just beating down on old Bray Wyatt. Okay. <laughs> There's, there's, uh, don't agree. None of this. Sh- I listen. You really think Bray Wyatt is just gonna do a bunch of random shit for no reason? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think, I think the <laughs> shit that he did and the callouts that were made, I, I had, felt had meaning. I know a lot of people are like, no, nah, it was just random bullshit. I thought I don't I even know. I, I legitimately I don't... think there was meaning behind 
the moves the moves a bit. I really don't think this was all random bullshit. I really don't think that. And don't get me I please don't mis- misconstrue my dislike of this match as um random bullshit put together cuz it really wasn't. There was part together. Obviously, I think what I was going to say is I thought this match was a great character study into Bray Wyatt's multitude of characters and John Cena. Um, I thought this was a great character study. The reason I'm not calling it a match is because I it wasn't really a match. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. it I just... mean, that I agree with. It wasn't really a match match, but like, I, it's not something I wasn't a fan of. And, and that is what I'm viewing this match as, is a character study. I, I came to the realization that I think this is also very similar. This felt like I was watching a BTE episode um, mm-hmm. with all the fourth wall breaks and the tongue-in-cheek references and you know the light the very light action that such <laughs> such good shit such good shit oh my god that's the second time we made that reference when I think. when he fucking said that when the fucking puppet said such good shit hey. i'm not gonna lie i lost it hey. i lost it people don't forget that's the second time that vince puppet has said such good shit oh no i know come but, on but at wrestlemania yeah i get whatever Come on, at, like on yeah, the greatest yeah. stage in the mall where all eyes are going to be on it, them I, making that reference and jab at Vince McMahon right there. I, I really, thought that was solid. I thought I thought this match was a great character study into John Cena and Bray Wyatt. I I really want you to talk talk me through some of the symbolism, Mikey, because I don't see it. I I think this was very straight up, straightforward. Like you know, we're looking at John Cena's career basically from beginning to end. Um, we're looking at him, we're making fun of, we're making Nikki Bella references, we're making light of all these things about him being a Hulk Hogan, you know, being a Hulk Hogan figure, basically, right? Um, Mm. you know, him having the intro and grabbing that brass ring and making fun of Vince and doing the thugonomics rapping D's Nuts reference, which was great. I love the D's Nuts. Um... I don't understand the NWO reference. I, I I don't I don't get that. Besides Bullet Club, <laughs> baby, uh, John Cena maybe turning heel, but but even then, like that reference was like him coming out, but then like faking it and attacking Bray Wyatt. So maybe it was like not him turning heel, but staying face or or breaking the. I'm confused by that. I think that was it. I think that was it. Right? It was more of like a the NWO spot was more of a dive into like. It was him being Hogan, who was like this, the, who was like the John Cena of the '80s, right? Like he was like the the, the star who can never be brought down. He was always going to be the good guy, and then he turned heel, which was like something nobody ever expected. But John Cena right? never turned heel. And that that's what difference. I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> and then he and then he also didn't hear. Mm-hmm. If you think about, it. like, it was like it, it teased the what if of a heel turn that never actually happened, which is what happened in the match too, because John Cena ended up going after Bray Wyatt. Which which was him sticking to his guns. It was John Cena staying true to himself, being confident in who he is and having no weaknesses. Right? But there was but there was it's he 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 either either he played along with it or obviously he was forced to do it but then broke out of it, you know? Because part of, a lot of it was like John Cena being forced to do things. I think it was him control. being forced to do it and then breaking out and being back in control and then trying to continue the match. Yeah. It, the, um, I, to me, I read it as the character study of John Cena had all of these outer things, but he stuck to who he is. But in a weird way, sticking to who he hit, who he is or who he was hurt many other people. Because he was constantly fighting his past the whole match. It was a mental game. 
I wouldn't say he was fighting of his past. I think he uh, well, was... that's why Bray Wyatt. That's why we went through all of John Cena's various stages. It was it was John Cena's greatest fears all brought up. It was like the first one was having a bad debut, and then he gets he gets out and loses to Kurt Angle by tapping out. Uh, the the Thugonomics was having like a f- failed rap career. Uh, the NWO was like made the heel the heel turn thing. Like I said, uh, him beating up Huskis was like him holding down Bray Wyatt six years ago at WrestleMania. Then there was that spot with the chair where he didn't hit Bray with the chair, and they went into the reality of like, hey, what if you did though? Like, it was a lot of. It was a lot of mental play on John Cena on like there was like all these points where he could where shit was going wrong and they were really like playing that up and I thought it was neat. Yeah, I mean I I get what you're saying, Mikey, about like him facing his fears, and I do question whether or not you're talking about the character John Cena or the person John Cena, and I think they were doing the part of like blending those two lines together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know you did the Nikki, Nikki Bella reference in there. Uh, yeah. Also, and, do, and do they talked say... about him holding, and they talked about, and they did the whole, where it's like, it's like you you didn't let me go over John, and it's like that's not that's kayfabe shit. Like what? Like they're like that's not like a, that's not something people usually talk about. Uh, yeah, I mean that's obviously sort of been broken the past couple of years, but we've got a fucking documentary from the Undertaker coming out soon. Then. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's like the the thing, right? It's like. He's mixing the, the the fantasy John Cena with reality. Like he like he even brought up his bodybuilding past with that with that spot where he just made him lift weights until his arms gave out. The real reason I really did not like this match, Mikey, is because this was. I like the Boneyard match. I think because that was still a match in a cinematic setting. This felt like not people say this is a cinematic match or whatever. This did not feel like that. This did not feel cinematic. This not to me this this whereas the first boneyard match felt like a, a a match that took place cinematically in a graveyard or whatever or bo- sorry a boneyard uh, mm. sn- sniper dot on my forehead <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, not grave not grave not grave boneyard boneyard boneyard, <laughs> boneyard. Uh, um, this match didn't feel like that it didn't feel cinematic it felt like it wasn't because it wasn't a match and I think that's the problem is that like there is the discussion there is a discussion and discourse of what counts as wrestling you know if you're saying that wrestling is art to me i would say that like you know wrestling the the people fighting is art and obviously now with matt hardy with the independent scene how it is today with orange cassidy warhorse danhausen um in lucha underground all these things very much spreading that out spreading out that definition of what constitutes wrestling you know um, with the more mindset of character-driven content versus you know wrestling-driven content, I guess if that makes sense. Um, I I felt that's what this is. This was characters, a character study. This wasn't a wrestling match, and I think when you expand the definition of what wrestling can be, I think there's a line that this crossed where I did not like it. I can watch Danhausen because he's still going to wrestle and do the promos later. He's not going to take up a show where he's just doing a promo or something or not even a promo, but like, you know, 15 minutes of Danhausen world. Um, you know, if that makes sense, um, mm. this, 
the expand this crossed the line where it's like this didn't have to transform the definition of wrestling to entertain me because personally as a fan of professional wrestling i derive my entertainment from watching professional wrestling i don't you don't need to change up the formula but that's the thing right it's it's world wrestling entertainment it's for me that means there's wrestling and there's entertainment and this was the entertainment side yeah and and I think I, I think I'm I, honestly, I there was so like we watched two nights of wrestling. I think this wasn't I wasn't mad that I was watching a little bit of a, I had a little bit of a break with this bizarre thing. I was I was okay with like this. I I really liked it being like all this wrestling through like two days and then this fucking crazy bizarre yeah. thing to cool us off and be like what is this and get us like kind of off of just watching wrestling because then i think it helped the main event feel bigger yes i think it's placement i think i think where it was and what it is i think what it is was perfect for where it was on the card yeah i i can i can see like i can see why you would say that yes Personally, I liked it not being an all an, another all out wrestling match because it just would have been like another oh John Cena versus the Fiend in yet another match. We were, like we've been watching matches all weekend. Like we get like again like, get like it. it's a rivalry. They're having a match. Like the Boneyard this... match. I would have been interested to see if this match was going to take place live or not. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh... I like this. I can't. One. I can't I like... imagine them of, of eighty thousand people sitting in a football stadium watching TV for thirteen minutes. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I would just be like, "This is." Oh, I feel bad for these guys. I liked it. even if that wasn't the plan. I liked what it became. I'm. I'm super okay with. I would super okay with having more stuff like this. For me, it made the fiend look creepy, and it made Bray Wyatt look bizarre and wild, and like out there and John Cena just looked like a puppet in this game you know like it really was I don't know I liked it a lot I was super into it sure it wasn't like a match for me but like I still I still liked it again I want to specify I did not hate this uh there were a lot I I think it was fun it was it it brought brevity to the show a little bit um because it was fun it was filled with nostalgia obviously if the WCW references with the Hulk Hogan stuff, with going back, having the SmackDown fist and all this stuff. There was a lot of fun stuff. I love the fact that uh, John Cena, when he was in NWO, w- NWO form, he had the rally towel, uh, which is, I was like, that's a perfect touch. John Cena heel, yeah. he's got the rally, black rally towels. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, that, I think that was fun and brought brevity. And what I, similar to the Boneyard match, what I really liked about these two is that. I very much disagree with the discourse online that talks about how wrestling, watching WWE get, get, gets me away from the pandemic and everything that's happening. I very much disagree with that because it's really hard to not, like I said plenty of times, it's really hard to not watch any of these matches and hear zero fans and not remind yourself about the reason why there's zero fans. Right, yeah. It's in a weird way with what's going on. They were allowed to film this stuff, but these those two things were the only things that made me forget what was happening 
actively forget because every other match did not have fans. These weren't in an arena, so I didn't have to remember that there was no fans in attendance. Like the that's what the that's the best thing that I think that, and I don't think that that's like un not unironic. I don't I don't think that's a coincidence that two of the most favorite things out of these WrestleManias were two videos that did not ha- take place in an empty arena, right? Mm-hmm. I, that cannot be a coincidence. That cannot be more overstated. Is that there's not a it, it can't be a coincidence that people like these. Yet everything else was like okay or you know whatever, and even then you can throw an edge and Randy Orton, which also for the most part didn't take place in a an arena. It took place backstage in a warehouse mm-hmm. uh, for thirty minutes. Um, uh, but it was just sort of like that. These were the things that it got you away from the arena. It for, it made you forget about because it was so weird. Made you forget about what was happening and actually properly entertained you enough to forget what was happening in the world. Which, if those, if that's the goal of these things, because it stemmed out of the fact that we're in a pandemic, these two, the Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse, fucking nailed it. Um, and that is the most praise I can give to the Firefly Funhouse. Besides that, I'm not on board with the symbolism and all this other stuff. And the I don't, I don't, I, I was, I, maybe I'm a bad film student. But I'm just like, I don't fucking care, dude. I don't care for a straight to DVD video. Um, I think again, again, I, I it was a fun match. It had nostalgia in it. It made me forget what was happening, but it. I don't want to see it at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's basically how I come down to it. Fair. I, I like I said, I I enjoyed its inclusion, and I was a huge fan of it. I know I I get I get not not seeing it as a match match, which makes sense. Uh, but I, like I said, I was thoroughly a fan of this, and I'm into it. And I, and it was, it was good. It was, I, I gave. I'm, I guess, I guess that we're gonna give this one a rating since it's not really a match. I'm gonna give it my Tastio score. Uh, <laughs> uh, these are all these give inside it, jokes. I'm gonna give a Rotten Tomato score of. <laughs> I'm gonna give a Tastio score, which is one of my favorite websites, Taste.io. Um, that's just that's the link. That's the website. It basically is a recommendation. It recommends movies to you based on your ratings of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a rating scale of awful, meh, good, or amazing. So I'm going to give it... Because because it was more of a movie <laughs> than a match, I'm going to base it off of that score. So I'm going to give it a meh. <laughs> I'm going to give it a meh. I thought it was good. I don't think it was awful. Uh, but I just it just wasn't for me, I guess you could say. Mikey, what's your rating? It, would you like to give it... How many Goldbergs would you like to give it? <laughs> I'm not giving it Goldbergs. This is not that kind of match. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a Rotten Tomato score of 80%. I thought it was good, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It, but, th- like I said, wasn't a match, so it's like, mm. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one, because it really isn't a match. <laughs> the, the Boneyard match is like, oh, I'll give it a match. I guess it would be a Rotten Meatball score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, the discussion of that is that... Um, a lot of people are saying online, a lot of people, there's a lot of talks about like whether or not you would want to see more cinematic matches, you know, like the Boneyard match, like the Firefly Funhouse. Basically, I think what that de- is defined as currently is just matches that don't place really in a ring and are pre-taped, filmed separately. Um, is that something that you are interested in, Mikey, is seeing cinematic matches? 
more of these. I like I like cinematic matches, as we know from Indy 500, where I constantly say how much I love Riptide Wrestling, mm-hmm. whose whole well, gimmick those, is cinematic matches. Those are cinematic-looking filmed matches. We're talking, like, matches filmed not in an arena, not in an actual ma- ring and anything. I think... Riptide is just be, filmed well. So <laughs> I would be more I would be more into the cinematic matches if they use cinematic cameras. Mm-hmm. Right now the cameras they're using are just like the random live show cameras and it if they used better cameras, it would feel more it would feel more different and give like that separation. Or even not even just better cameras, just slap a better lens on there, boy. <laughs> exactly. Like like just like just something like I like this idea, but use different something like do something different with how you film it. I agree. I, I think the Boneyard match was filmed definitely differently, but it, yeah, I agree that it wasn't filmed on like good cameras or. It good was just filmed on like live show cameras. Like it looked like it looked like just like uh, I was watching raw, like in a random location. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you would want to see more like matches like the Funhouse match, like the Boneyard but match. But change the film, method. Just yes, just film make it look it a better. Little bit. Yeah, I do think I do think. However, for the Funhouse match, I think the the live camera stuff that they use has probably worked better in his favor because oh of what... absolutely yeah that that made it made sense because they were doing the callbacks to live tv and stuff so it it, it made more sense there but like stuff like the boneyard match if they film that differently and put a little more a, just like sprinkle just a little more finesse on it yeah like give me make it a little better looking and give me like some interesting camera angles and like mm-hmm I, I would have been it would have been like over the moon good for me but like it still just felt it didn't feel it felt different but it could have been better how quickly until how many years do we have until we have a pay-per-view of just cinematic matches i don't know i don't know <laughs> or just or just specials on the network or if that if the <sighs> network's still happening anymore i don't know I have no clue man i can't even give you an estimate yeah that seems like that seems like such a bizarre thing to think about Hey, I, and that's, I think that's what I talked about with someone earlier where it was just like, I mean, it's hard because, oh yeah, I was talking to you about it, said it in this podcast. Or maybe, did I say, I don't remember. I really wish we could see the network and see what the ratings were. Like, on TV, you can sort of like go minute by minute and sort of see like when people are leaving and when if this pops a number or whatever. And because mm-hmm. it's a pay-per-view, there's no way to know if this is popular and the reason i talk about that is that when you look at like the final deletions or obviously eventually lucha underground those like cinematic very cinematic matches didn't really pop any rating numbers and didn't really the 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 science and mats and whatever behind it the scenes is like it didn't really wasn't really the most popular it was different but it was it didn't like it didn't change the world or whatever um, mm-hmm. And there's no way of knowing that, you know, and obviously you get a skewed sample size from Twitter. Um, so it's really hard to tell, but I, I'm interested to see. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just give an example. Mikey, I guess would be going to grapple. Uh, I guess I'll go to cage match as well. Uh, we're, grapple. If you don't know, is the app that I use Mikey to m- track my match ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is really nice, what I really like about Grapple is that you can see what everyone else uh, says for their matches and their results and stuff um, and how they view the matches. So real quickly, looking at Grapple, I'll say that the Boneyard match at a 554 ratings 
has an average rating of a 3.68 out of 5, mm-hmm. um, which is that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. People like the Boneyard. Uh, looking at the Fiend versus John Cena out of 331 ratings, an average of 3.04. So according to a bunch of people in Grapple, less people or more people liked the Fiend Firefly Funhouse less, but they still liked it. Um, looking at Cage Match, which is on a 10-point scale, uh, and they gave it a 7.4 according to the people voting on Cage Match. And the Firefly Funhouse got an 8.45. Jesus Christ, Cage Match. People love that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, and I think this these cinematic matches, Mikey, is like really defining factor of like what is entertainment, what is what is wrestling, what is art, what is all this stuff? Because it threw everything on its head, and it's really controversial because everyone doesn't know what the fuck is happening. Um, I don't know. Would I want to see more of these kind of matches? Maybe. I, I think I would be fine if they just weren't on WrestleMania. Like if it was, I, I know, I know you're more of a pure wrestling kind of guy, so it makes sense. Yes, I do. I do enjoy stuff like this every once in a while because I am a huge fan of Lucha Underground. So it's ironic mm-hmm. that I guess, but I think it's because I like the I like the Boneyard match, which felt more cinematic and was a match, whereas this was just like a clip show. It felt like does that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? It I talked about it before. It felt like a BTE episode. Um, you know, it, it didn't feel like. I don't know if this was if this was the main event to if this happened in Monday Night Raw I'd be like yeah okay I'm a, I can get mm-hmm. on board with it but I don't know I, I don't know it was fine I wasn't just a huge fan of it but there we go that's WrestleMania in a nutshell Mikey who um, boy another year Mikey another WrestleMania in the books wait hold on that's a different show <laughs> <laughs> Mikey thoughts top down obviously this was a very weird and strange WrestleMania. But top down for you, what would you think about it? I thought it was decent. I enjoyed it. Like, like through and through, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, there was good matches. There was bad matches. But it, it's never going to be perfect, you know? Um, And I was really into the... I was really into how different... It, I was really different... And I was really into how different some of the spots were. <laughs> like, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. I enjoyed those. I... Of course, the empty arena took away from it because, duh, it's it's hard to do wrestling without a crowd. A crowd is such always a big, 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 huge part of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only imagine how much bigger McIntyre winning the title would have been, mm-hmm. or Otis getting that kiss, or anything else like any other big moments, you know, like. Uh, like edge beating randy orton yeah this was a very memorable wrestlemania absolutely that i will say this was a very wrestlemania this is not a wrestlemania i'm gonna forget soon is it the best wrestlemania of all time probably not no probably not uh it was weird the whole thing is weird top down but i am there are there's some lights in that dark tunnel um you know i did not enjoy it i thought it was good if you had to give a, a schoolyard rating for the WrestleMania, A, B, out of C, five D. Five meatballs? No, 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 no. I'm saying A, B, C, D, E, F. Oh, uh, e, F, the E is not a rating. <laughs> e is not a grade. If you had to give a grade. Probably like a C, C 
C minus C plus. Yeah, maybe B, maybe B minus. I'm probably in there. Maybe like a, I'm probably C. Yeah, like, it was like, like that. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. There was a lot of good, but like even the good was all weird. I cannot wait, folks, to get back to. I just want wrestling with fans again. It feels so weird. And can I, we, hate, like, I hate people having matches in silence. Can we talk about the fact that they were advertising Money in the Bank in May? Bold, bold <laughs> fucking move. I honestly. saw that and I was like, "You're you joking me, dude? You're saying in a month from now you're gonna have Money in the Bank?" I'm... Bold move. Fudge. Uh, like we're gonna be seeing that. I don't know. I don't know when we're going to have fans again. I cannot wait for fans again, you know? I miss the fans. Yeah, me too. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this review episode of Hit the Books. Um, talking WrestleMania 36, both night one and night two. Thank you so much, Mikey, for joining me. And uh, thank you all for listening to this review, this long-ass two-hour review of this WrestleMania. This review, unlike WrestleMania, was big it was big enough for only one night yes it was big enough for one sitting uh if if it did take take a little bit um yeah thank you so much for listening everybody um you know we'll be back this friday for another episode not not just another episode with a god dang draft and a half (laughs) draft and a half uh drafting uh we're drafting a raft we're drafting our rosters while rafting down the The, river yep yeah (laughs) Um, I don't know when the next thing we're reviewing is. Um, I guess. Who knows? I was going to say. Who knows? Money in the bank. Money in the uh, bank. Double or nothing will probably be the next stuff we sort of review. Um, I mean, we're going to be reviewing matches this Saturday, so get ready for that. Uh, but, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Mikey, any final thoughts or anything for the kind folks at home? Um, have, a, have a good wrestle. Have a good wrestle. Wash your hands. <laughs> What? Wash your hands. Uh, stay home. Stay home. Wear a mask if need be, but don't. Yeah. But don't go. Don't buy a mask. Make a mask. <laughs> go out uh, only when necessary. Well, if you're if you can, if you're allowed to, statewide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and um, you know what? Just stay home and watch wrestling. Why not? <laughs> you know what? Why not? You know what, Mikey? You know what we need to do, honestly. Watch wrestling. No, I was just thinking about this. We you know what we need to do with Mikey's Indy 500 is what? we need to make a YouTube playlist of all the matches. Oh, you're right. I just think about that. I mean, you can't do that with all the matches because other, other, you know, I remember some matches you can't aren't on YouTube. But yeah. it just we gotta, we gotta we gotta get on that. Um, anyway, we gotta get as much as we can. Anyway, that's behind the, behind the scenes crap. I just gotta we also make that website. Anyways, uh, thank you so much, everybody. I'm gonna fucking close out this goddamn show and edit the fucking podcast. Ah, why are we editing ending this episode like this, Ryan? Fool. We're doing our. We're... Anyways, NWO for life. Too sweet me. Woo! Oh yeah, baby. Woo. Shout out to Vincent. Shout out to Miss Elizabeth, baby. Baby, before Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, uh, I'm ready. I'm hyped up. I'm ready. I don't know why. Fucking end this show already. I hear you saying. Well, guess what? I'm ending it. Goodbye, everybody. Don't tell me! Burn, burn me out! Oh my god! The god of the Oh my god! You are the one-on-one with the Undertaker!
Thank you.